welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, episode number 27, King K Ring 2000. Fucking hell. And that's how we're going to open up this podcast. Do you know, I can't believe, maybe it's because I've been playing Duncan Country this week, but how do we go three King of the Rings and not make that joke? That joke. So now that Gangplank Gallon's getting played later on here now. It's, uh, hello, but once again, I'm Kevin Mann. Joined as I am always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades, and Kremlings. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm looking forward to having some apes and japes in the, <laughs> this Donkey Kong themed episode of the podcast that we're apparently doing. And uh, to my right, unquestionably, the baddest chimp on the planet. Billy Keeble, hello Billy. Hello, Donkey Kong reference. <laughs> <laughs> Never played the game, so... Bananas. <laughs> there is a monkey, I guess. Oh, we're going to go absolutely bananas with this episode, folks. It's Snapes and James. How are you, Billy? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this one. Yeah, I've got I've, to steal Adam's line. I've got a lot to uh, say about this one. It's your line now, mate. Yeah, yeah you just you keep it, yeah? But you no, just don't I, give a shit anymore, so nah, I'll take I've, I've had enough. I was going to say, I didn't think it was right of Adam to appropriate the phrase, I have a lot to say about this, because that's too general a phrase. <laughs> well, I don't hear anyone else use it. Yeah, so. Adam's other catchphrase, hello, how are you? Like, Patent <laughs> <laughs> pending. Alrighty, King of the Ring 2000, holy crap in hell. Triple H has won the WWE Championship back in an Iron Man match, but it looks like the days may be numbered for the mcmahon Helmsy regime, as Linda McMahon has returned and made a ridiculous contest for our main event here tonight. It's King of the Ring 2000, and oh yeah, we also have to crown King of the Ring again. Forgot about that. The King of the Ring is serious business. A fabled history and heralded past. I cannot believe this moment right here. The King of the Ring. Kings become champions. You win the King of the Ring, you become an immediate player. And champions become legends. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Eight men on the verge of superstardom. Only one will be crowned king. Boy, a lot of emotions running high here tonight. This is the most important thing in my life. Are you great competitors going to get sucked into that old divide and conquer strategy? Who the hell do you think you are? Defeat either one of them. Championship is what I want. That belt, it belongs to me. Just bring it. Six men, one championship. It will be. Who wants it more? Opener. Oh my good God, they're actually hyping the tournament. Holy moly. <laughs> I'm really surprised that they've been doing that considering yeah. the whimper it ended with last year. Last year, yeah. It was an afterthought. Having a was it back. just me? I, I thought it was me, but when they were like, showing all this stuff, it's like, legends will be superstars, become super immortal humans. Stone Cold, Triple H, Brett Billy Hart. Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gunn was nowhere to be seen. They didn't mention Billy Gunn at all. There was a shot of it. There was, there was, well, was, there was, the was about a two second glimpse. <laughs> was, there a, was, the, was the voiceover, mistakes have been made. <laughs> 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 but overall, the King of the Ring is a pretty good feather to have in one's cap. Like. Yeah, we've got eight men on the verge of superstardom. 
fucking fair play, Billy Buchanan. He's apparently on the verge of superstar of that. Yeah, yeah. This was fucking ridiculous. Do you know how many we started off with in this tournament? Like fucking 32 or something. What? And we got it down to this strange eight. Yeah. yeah. It's such of a, it's all such the rest a, of the it's such, big roster. It, it's such a strange eight to have. Is you know this is going to be the, the eight matches you're going to have. Yeah. On 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 the paper, very very strange. Really really odd number. That's why like I do think it's quite strange that our boy Billy Buchanan is there, as is a uh, Crash Holly. Yeah. Yeah, Crash is having a little rub here. Uh, Jericho, Benoit, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Valvinus also rounding out our King of the Ring ace. It was really weird though, like literally everyone on the roster competed in an opening match. Shane O'Mac had a qualifier for King of the Ring. Billy, at this point, given those eight men, who would you call to be the King of the Ring just from that alone? I immediately, because uh, I, I thought you might ask me this question, right. I did have Billy's picks. Billy's picks? Billy's picks at the Excellent. start of the pay-per-view. Uh, they were uh, Jericho mm. and Benoit. Yeah. Like, pretty smart bets, I think. They, they, were, they, they were my bets. Okay. This is like the first time where you actually had a bunch of guys who, you know, previous could be any one of these weren't guys. Either, were either A, not around in the case of Angle or Benoit, or B, mm. were you know, just about to debut like Jericho. So, like, now, on like the last two King of the Rings, we've actually got guys who just came in and have had an amazing run. Yeah. And yeah, King of the Ring would have been a nice uh, boon to any of these guys. So it bodes well for the old this yeah. year. I mean, there's, there's two guys who you can guarantee it's not going to go to, but you know, that's, that's, that's fine. How dare you take the, the <laughs> credibility of King Buchanan? Who are Billy's anti picks, though? The anti picks are obviously full Buchanan. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so Valvinus is in with a chance. I think Valvinus is definitely in with more of a chance than Crash on. <laughs> also, as well, recapping in this opening package, or a six-man tag team match for the WWF Championship. Did somebody say clusterfuck? Did someone say <laughs> Teddy fucking long? Oh. Like? Six-man tag. Yeah. For the WWF Championship. It yep. doesn't make fucking sense. Nope. Okay, to get into the long and short of it, what we basically had was Kane, Undertaker, and The Rock all individually qualifying for a number one contendership yeah. for the WWF Championship. And then Linda kind of returning and saying that she wanted to put... The belt on the line in this kind of bizarre scenario. The only reason it was agreed to is because Vince McMahon is like, ah, oh, kind of game of one-upsmanship with his wife, the CEO and chairman. I don't know how business works. Why would Linda do that? Because Linda likes to grind. She does it a lot, though, doesn't she? Make it a fatal four-way, then. Rock, Triple H, Kane, Undertaker. There you go, sorted. Boom. I think she really wants to fuck over the faction. Right. <laughs> and never more, like, you know when, like, factions are kind of on their way out? Yeah. You can always kind of sense it or whatever. But, like, Remember when the corporate ministry went away? I mean, at least it was somewhat of a shock. Yeah. This is like, I mean, like, geez, do you think that Triple H, Shane, and Vince McMahon might crumble a party here tonight? <laughs> this stable with one actual wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they might be able to defeat the hottest guy in the roster, The Rock, a man who's just returned from several months' injury with a new gimmick and new music, The Undertaker, or Kane, who's also returned? Three men who are so on fire that the ring will probably burn to cinders. And they... No, I don't think they will. I think it's going to be them that wins the King of Trios, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an intense promo, but what's really cool about this is that while Vince and Triple H and Shane seem cautiously united, there's a massive intensity between The Rock, The Undertaker, and Kane. Like So yeah. since coming back, all these guys have both really been put over strong and... Yeah, Kane Undertaker back kind of in the main event. Yeah, again, sure would love to see those guys in a Fatal 4-Way match together maybe instead of this. Yeah, yeah that would be... No, no, no? Okay, no. Right, swords no. pay-per-view. <laughs> is this pay-per-view is Swords. I put King of Swords. We're going to crown the King of Swords tonight. King of Double Swords, Double Blades, dual wielding here tonight in Boston, Massachusetts. And what a fucking massive crowd it was. Yeah, yeah. hot crowd as well. Yeah, really. You can like... always kind of rely on Boston. 
Yeah, they, they always have wicked hard crowds. Like, yeah, I mean, wicked hard. <laughs> I just hope to God that no one dares insult any of their sports teams tonight. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Now, off the bat, there is a, like, a slight issue of this pay-per-view is that we've got lots of really cool shit that's been happening on the TV show, but we've really just crammed in this fucking tournament because we have yeah. quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. So we have seven matches with this tournament. Yeah. And as a result, we don't get that many promos or packages tonight or anything that really yeah. like helps, you know, pad it out a little bit. We do get a nice bit of variety, mind, of different yeah. guys. But yeah, big tournament. And this was one of the last years they did the King of the Ring. It was on its way out shortly after this. And uh, some would argue that it did almost completely consuming a pay-per-view might have been a bad thing. Maybe. Maybe. First round, King of the Ring action. It's the quarterfinals as Rikishi is taking on Chris Benoit. Uh, Chris Benoit lost the Intercontinental title to Rikishi on SmackDown in a nice little moment where Rikishi won the belt and then was killed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I thought Benoit lost the real Intercontinental belt, but he appears to have lost the uh, the children's replica Intercontinental belt. <laughs> on Rikishi, that thing looks fucking yeah. ridiculous. It's <laughs> tiny. Oh, it does kind of look weird that Rikishi is wearing the, wearing the IC belt, though. I think yeah. it's just, yeah. I don't associate him being a champion. I'd, I'd rather see him as no. a hardcore champion than an IC champion, even. But yeah, Benoit, he killed poor Rikishi. I remember this really made me upset as a kid because Rikishi won the belt. He's like, yeah, and he started dancing, and Benoit just... Leathers into him with a chair over and again. He's got this. It, Jim Ross like it's internal bleeding. My God! In his arm. Yeah. He's got a big. That's why your kidneys live. Yeah, he might have punctured one of his major organs. Yeah. <laughs> Benoit beat him so hard he got a birthmark. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. We uh, we get four signs almost immediately. Uh, one, a callback to something that we previously talked about. Ever been in a cockpit? Hey! hey! Saw that sign. Well, I wasn't expecting to see that. Well, put my hand on my joystick. <laughs> <laughs> we get Kurt Angle needs Viagra. Oh. Do you like gladiator movies? Very strange sign. That, that's it. Yeah. Do you like gladiator movies? What? Like do you gladiator? I don't, I, I, I don't know the, the genre of gladiator just movies. gladiator movies yeah. Yeah. and then the guy right next to him just said with a sign just saying have you seen a grown man naked <laughs> fucking no. airplane references what the hell <laughs> like, what a weird crowd <laughs> the crowd seems to be surveying us in somewhere we seem more focused on films than wrestling I don't consent to this <laughs> The heat for fucking Chris Benoit when he comes oh, out. Yeah. Now we said this at Judgment Day, but I'm saying it here as a man's been watching these Raws. Benoit's been getting a bit of a push. They're yeah. putting him over yeah. really strong. And after every match, he has he's putting people in that crossface and he's like, and his fucking eye is bulging, his nose has got blood coming he, out of it. He, <laughs> he looks like one of those toys you squeeze and the eyes pop out. <laughs> <laughs> it all yeah. came flooding back watching this though. I'd forgotten, like, because obviously. No, I'm not going to say that. But I'd forgotten as a child just how much I hated Chris Benoit. Like, and I remember it was this exact thing. Like, every match ends with him for fucking 10 minutes in a crippled crossface. Yeah. And I didn't realise until just now that he's basically Shamrock 2.0 at this yeah. point, really, isn't he? He's, 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 he's too evil, though. Shamrock always had a noble madness to him. It's well, it's more like if Shamrock had, like, half a brain than no brain at all. Like, you know, he can keep a, a lid on it a little bit. Yeah. But he's still a fucking yeah. psycho. It's brilliant. I don't know. I reckon that it's just like... The Force is basically like this mad rage and Benoit is dark side of the rage. And uh, <laughs> Shamrock is light side, hence why he's got blue tights and Benoit's got red. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, a lot of the faces that he pulls throughout this pay-per-view it just kept reminding me of, um, uh, you know, Large Marge from the Pee Wee Herman movie. <laughs> 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 
He's scary though, and like he's scary looking, and he acts really scary, and it's really just unsettling watching him. Benoit and Rikishi like serious rivalry going to this one after them, you know, Benoit losing the IC belt to him, and these guys just leather the fuck out of mm. each other from the get go. Oh my god. Benoit German suplexes Rikishi. You couldn't do that in No Mercy, mate. You'd be tapping B trying to get the special back suplex. And then uh, Benoit gets this like uh, standing cross face in on Rikishi. Yeah. And he hasn't been for ages and it looks really fucking gross. And he's like, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's grabbing on fucking camera, a big close up on Benoit's big fucking minging face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. And the camera's like, yeah, yeah, There's a fucking tooth hanging out of his nose or whatever. He's fucking gross. Yeah. I noticed at this point in the match that something weird happened on commentary. I don't know if it's because I'm watching a, a censored version that has been edited later on for the network or whatever. But um, JR and King are talking about Benoit. Like, oh, Benoit is like, a vicious athlete. He'll stop for nothing. And King just goes, yeah, that's why we've come up with so many terms to describe him. <laughs> and then there's just like 20 seconds of silence. And then just carry on talking about They were looking for I the don't list. Think, I don't think I noticed that. Oh, I, I thought maybe there was a list and it had been edited out yeah. or something. Like. Well, no, they had like a... They maybe just forgot to say it. Like, who knows? Could be, yeah. There's like a lot of names they had from though you know rabbit wolverine you know prove me wrong best damn technical wrestler cold heartless killing machine jesus fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hard <laughs> god damn it oh I'll, I'll, I'll get the tension away from that i've started calling rikishi rikishi lorraine <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the save there. <laughs> the rikishi ring is fucking destroyed here though benoit just goes out grabs a chair and just Kills the man. He just takes it to yeah. him, smashes him over and over with a chair. Rikishi wins, and then you have again Benoit has to be torn away. Yeah, it's just his hands are like locked together, and the twenty referees are just pulling at him. And ah, oh, oh, here, and then he does Air Canada as well. Yeah, he's he fucking wails on him. I was actually wondering because like you have like. 10 guys in there, refs and officials going, and he jumps off the top rope. He's pretty accurate not to hit anyone. Or yeah, anything. he missed them all on the way down. It was awesome, though. Not really much of a match. Rikishi advances. Yeah. We've got so many King of the Ring matches, I think you can kind of expect non-finishes. and kind yeah. Of. It's yeah, a very it's... strange open to a pay-per-view. You're not a great opening match, so like, no, you no. don't want to. You don't want to start the opening match with like the someone a getting DQ heat finish. and yeah, someone getting heat on someone like that. That's a bit weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Rikishi. I'm a big fan of Benoit, and this match was not dull. I would like to see these two kind of go at it properly, though. Yeah, and not just have kind of a gimmick ma- uh, storyline kind of thing. What I will say about all the quarterfinals here, and it starts off immediately with this match, is the pairings for the first like rounds of the tournament. They're all really great pairings. It's like. really interesting stuff, like which you wouldn't necessarily like if you tune into Raw. These aren't the kind of matches which you normally see I wouldn't put Benoit with Rikishi for instance but they, yeah. apparently they've got a big feud going on at the minute and that match was awesome it was a good pairing like, it's, yeah it's, you get really interesting it really shows the depth of the roster you got just like you know, even just the eight in the King of the Ring such wildly various different characters yeah. got, it looks like eight guys from a fighting game to be honest mm, yeah. everyone's got that stronger style backstage Vince McMahon is with Triple H Shane and Stephanie get you into something here alright just keep your cool tonight. Linda yes my wife yes, yes. right All right Mom. She's gonna cause me to lose my cool? Yeah, that was the only thing yes. irrational. Every time she confronts you, we Every end up in the same situation. Now wait just a minute. Listen, track record being what it is, I'll admit, okay? My wife on occasion gets under my skin only for me to take her, wait a minute, and put right. her right back in her place. I know oh, yeah. she's here, I know what she said. I, I just want you to know one thing. Hmm. Tonight, I'm gonna keep my cool. Please. Because tonight, thank you. Tonight, I am Joe Cool, all right? 
Joe cool. Okay. Hey, he's not cool. He's not keeping his cool. No. He's not keeping hey, his cool. Hey, Joe! Hey, hold up! Vince is basically, he's so pent up and wound up about his wife interfering in business. And they're like, look, you can't lose your cool tonight. And he says, don't worry, I won't lose my cool because I'm Joe cool. As soon as he said that, I just wrote down Austin return guaranteed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would just be the perfect way for Austin to come back. If it's had all these packages for saying, no, Vince is going to stay cool and nothing's going to break his head. <laughs> Vince gets too cool and he accidentally becomes stone cold. <laughs> and Austin appears in the mirror behind him. I'm pretty sure that the week beforehand, Vince in real life heard the term Joe cool for the very first time. Yeah. And he thought it was the most awesome thing Joe ever. cool is peanuts though, am I right? Like that's like Snoopy had a thing in Peanuts. It might be where that's come from. I think it's just a generalized expression as far as I'm aware. Okay. I've heard it used in a lot of different things. Joe Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I'm Joe Cool. I'm not going to get upset at all tonight. Vince is basically overconfident. He thinks that because The Rock and Kane Undertaker can't work together, him, Triple H and Shane. They've got it in the bag. They've got it in the bag, whereas Triple H, much more of a realist, realizes that maybe if he gets doesn't get pinned, but Vince could get pinned which is very likely, and he's going to lose the championship, and that's a horrible way for him. After winning it back in like the Iron Man match, it's like... It's quite nice seeing Triple H in peril like this. He's not going into a pay-per-view like, you know, doesn't matter, guys, we've got this. Or anything. Triple H is actually worried and like you know, yeah. he's concerned that Vince is going to fuck this up for him. And I think that's pretty cool. You don't see him do that very it's often. Good. It so. makes Triple H seem his own man, because yeah. as much as I've enjoyed the faction, just that it's provided consistently entertaining moments and cannon fodder always, and good promos... It's nice to see Triple H get a little bit of breathing room and not just be standing behind Vince and smiling and nodding as he tells us life sucks and then we die. He actually doesn't trust Vince enough to defend the belt. I wouldn't life. fucking trust Vince. Exactly. It makes sense that Triple H doesn't. We don't trust anyone who calls themselves Joe Cool, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Backstage, a very sweaty and vascular Chris Benoit is with Mickey C. My actions were an explanation up. Let me spell it out for you, Michael. The world already knows that I'm the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the WWF. What the world and Rikishi found out tonight is that I do what I want to do, when I want to do it. I am the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the WWE. Oh, <laughs> quote the crippler no more. <laughs> you, you can't be interviewing lads when they're that fucking blown up. You don't learn anything from the last two King of the Rings, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Every King of the Rings, someone makes an embarrassment of themselves after a match. I don't they're know why they keep doing blown it. Blown up, like, doesn't work. Second quarter final in the King of the Ring coming up now. It's Eddie Guerrero who's got a new haircut, taking on Val Venus who's got a new persona, new music, and a new manager in Trish Stratus. Yeah. He's only went and bloody turned heel. I don't like any of it. I don't like his new music. I don't like his new girlfriend. I don't like his new tights. He's stupid. He's I, I want the old. He doesn't Val really Venus. have a gimmick anymore. His gimmick. His is gimmick that is that he, he's not a porn star anymore. His gimmick is, is that he is serious now. That yeah. is his thing. Like from the music and like just his black tights and stuff. I just the gimmick I got from it is that like he's a bouncer now or something almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, 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 I could get behind you see what that. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I could get no, it's that. right because it's like Val Venus. His music when he's coming out to it sounds like he's come leaving a place the where he, yeah. he's no, he's leaving an arena where his music is playing because it's kind of like <laughs> ladies <laughs> and there's a guy going what makes you think I want to hear you talk in the background like you know it's just uh, it's very very technical I remember hating Val so much at this point and I don't know if this was X-Pac here or not but I just remember it I was never a big Val fan when he was you know sexy really? Val as a kid I, he was funny I thought but I wasn't like read behind him but at this point, when I was a kid, it just really pissed me off. I hated guys who were like 
no, I don't want to have a fun character. And he would cut these promos saying, yeah, I did things to make people like me and I don't like people anymore. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. And he was really, he bet up everyone I liked as well. He bet up Rikishi lots. And, uh, what a bugger. He was, he was, a, he was a bugger foul. Uh, <laughs> bugger foul here. And he goes on to like actually get, in future months, he actually gets a haircut even. He gets, he gets even more further removed from his sexy character. But he's with Trish Stratus in TNA now. So she's got... Three rather yeah. generic blokes with her. Yeah, you know she has got three of the four most generic guys on the roster at the moment. Yeah, she just needs Bulba Cannon now. They get a massive pop anytime they come out though because of Trish. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. There's, so, there's so many dirty signs for Trish though. There's one oh. in the right in the hard camera which just says, "Hey Trish, I'll show you why I am that damn good." This is ah, go just away. Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Guerrero is fucking awesome coming out here. Massive pop and these two. Straight away, I think like you were saying, Adam, interesting pairings. And yeah. These are two guys. Val's a guy who I'm looking forward to now that he's a heel. He's going to get maybe slightly longer matches. He gets yeah. pushed as more serious. Better off him. So I'm looking now at a set of, uh, you know, I don't dislike him because he's a baddie. Yeah, <laughs> nice. that's true. <laughs> that I might get a new appreciation from now. And this was great, quick action. The crowd was into it. Now, we we, uh, we find out uh, before the start of the match, they say that actually uh, Val ambushed Eddie on SmackDown and he attacked him because he knew that they were going to be fighting uh, this Sunday at the King of the Ring in the quarterfinal. But uh, actually, earlier on in the night, if you remember rightly, uh, Jerry the King Lord actually said that they randomly chose the con- <laughs> competitors <laughs> earlier that evening. So how could how how could Val Venus possibly know that he was going to be fighting Eddie Guerrero on that SmackDown? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't I'm, make I'm, any sense. I'm going to treat Val Venus right this instant. <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's haircut? I'm a fan. I'm a yeah, fan. I'm a fan. Not such a dork anymore, so... No, he's not, got, he's not got a... Well, he's got that confidence now because he's got his grade 10. <laughs> <laughs> Once he learned to read and write, he could find out where he could get a haircut that was not a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eddie is fucking awesome in this. These guys just going back and forth. I love it, Maggle. Top rope superplex to Val Venus. Mm. And then a move, which if it's done by anyone, I, they automatically gain my respect and love. Mexican surfboard stretch. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I tell you what, it's the true validation of this being an awesome move. You don't see this enough in submissions. Like Eddie, like wrenches it on Val, he pulls it back yeah. even more, and you hear the whole crowd go "ooh" at the same time. You never get that in submission moves, no. and that's so cool that he did. Yeah, it's a re- it's something that Daniel Bryan does now, which is like the big crank. If it, if yeah, it makes it look it like makes it's sore, gasp, like. and this works really well here. To think this is like a you know people might think, oh shit, he might actually tap out to it. That's always a good sign. Yeah. Like. Back and forth, Matt action. Hurricane Rana by Eddie Guerrero as he goes off the ropes. And it's not called. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just about ignored. <laughs> Eddie goes for the frog splash and rolls out of the way as Val dives away. Then he goes for the money shot but gets the knees to the sternum, which is like, fuck, he fully goes in yeah. full force. He gets those knees. And then Eddie Guerrero with a top rope Hurricane Rana. China quickly smashes Trish. And, uh, Val gets decked by China, but a kick out, and then he just gets the Valplex, aka the Kenplex. Yeah. And uh, Val Venus wins. I Fucking was beautiful. So shocked at this. Daddy won yeah. clean. Yeah. Very abrupt, clean ending. It was yeah. very unexpected. They are pushing Val very seriously as a mid card well, heel. Clearly, because I mean, going into this match, I thought, well, Eddie is massively popular at the minute. He's bound it's to go over. He's, yeah, he's guaranteed to go in. But uh, no, Val actually beat him, so they clearly yeah. must have seen something in him. At the time. You, you'll see later on as well, like some of the stuff that Val's been doing. It's it's quite shocking, considering we said before when. At the start of 2000, when you had the Radicals come in and you had Jericho and mm. Taz and all that, they're like, oh, a lot of the older attitudes, mid-card guys, like D'Lo, for instance, 
uh, kind of got pushed away. Val, uh, he manages to come through the other side here. He gets a very solid push going through yeah. the summer of 2000. Fair effects to him. Uh, not bad for a guy who's got uh, an ex-porn star gimmick. So yeah, Val Venus wins and advances to the semi-final. Backstage, Pat Patterson is with Jan the makeup lady and a load of dresses. I don't like any of these. I'm stuck. I've got to do that. I can't help it, you know. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. You know, I mean, look at this dress. Undertaker can get into that dress. That's way too big. Look at this. This is way too big. Size six would be perfect for me. Black, I don't like. This is what my grandmother would wear. I can't take that. I don't know. What is this? Michael Jackson's miniskirt? I wonder how many chicken died for that. I need something from Hollywood. I need something that's gonna make me look thin and sexy. I've got to look better than Briscoe. I'm the champ. Pat, I'm good, but I'm no miracle worker. What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? Picks up a feather boa and goes, how many chicken die for that? Yeah. He picks up a black dress and he goes, it's just, his inflections are amazing. It's, Look at this. This is way too big. The Undertaker could fit in this. And then <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> and then he the says Undertaker. He, and then he says he needs a size six. Yeah. The size six is quite small and he's not a small man. Don't six. be mean, Billy. I'm Don't be rude. You are not a size six. He says, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he, he says he wants to look thin and sexy. There's no, that's not happening. Regardless of what you do, Pat Patterson, it's not happening. And people don't want us to review Legends House. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage coach is with Rikishi. What I've been through is nothing compared to what I'm going to do to Val Venus. So is the big man able? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Right. Hickory dickory He's duck. <laughs> that fucking blotch. Yeah. Looks not, like Australia. Yeah. He's still not great on the mic though either, is he? Oh no. He's better than... He's still nowhere near there. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Right. And then he just leaves. <laughs> Rah. Rah. Is that his thing? Is that a gimmick? Just become David Blaine. There you go. <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone. Rah. <laughs> what is he? A puma? Like? Rah. Is he like a baddie in the jungle book or something? Rah. Rah. Oh, man. Third quarter final coming up. Crash Holly taking on Billy Bollocks. Yes. Now that's a pairing on the board. Oh, man. Fucking hell, this is amazing. And we Crash get Kevin. Holly. Oh, well, of course, we get uh, Bull Buchanan's entrance music. This is like the fourth time we've done this. But... <laughs> oh, man, I fucking love Bull Buchanan's entrance music. And Bull Buchanan, a little bit of a... I'm not going to say a push. It's the closest thing he ever got to a push. Yeah. He did steal The Undertaker's bike around this period of time. Ooh, yeah. that bastard. He stole his bike, and then Undertaker spat tobacco juice on him. Oh, oh that, Jesus. That, that'll learn you. Yeah, he got, he got chew all over him. Yeah, he spit away from Big Boss Man. The two yeah. of them couldn't get along. They were like kind of henchmen for the regime. He spit away, kind of Boss Man, obviously, the older guy stepping aside. And Bull Buchanan is kind of... They're hyped up as he might be another a new kind of guy. And Jim Ross has put him over. He's like, he's young. He's mean. Yeah. He's young. He's a stud. <laughs> he's mean. He's young. <laughs> he's hungry. But I buy it, though. I mean, like, oh, yeah. honest, as a kid, Bobby kind of sort of, I knew he was, but he kind of passed me by. I didn't pay much attention to him. But the last few irons we've seen from him on pay-per-view, he's really, really good. Really, great. Mm, really, really good. Uh, uh, when he comes out here, 
the fucking eyes on oh, Buchanan. He's scary, he's, he got the one thing that Buchanan definitely had was he had the look. He had these mad evil eyes. And when he comes in the ring, he's kind of goes. <laughs> he looks like oh, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> I was interested to see how this match would turn out because um, obviously Bull Buchanan's uh, shtick is all about the the, the, the high kicks. Yeah, yeah. crash is too small. Too for small. High kicks. Yeah, I thought he would actually he has to do small kicks. <laughs> <laughs> How's he going to manage that? I do love a good mismatch. Big man versus little man. And uh, Bill Bull handles Crash for most of this match. Yeah. He throws him around. Little Elroy Jetson gets absolutely manhandled. And they're like, you kind of wonder what, what poor old Crash is doing in the King of the Ring. But like, Crash doesn't even get a semblance of a hope spot in no. this. No. Usually when guys get worked over, they kind of get a few bits in. He gets like a frail forearm and then immediately gets shut down. There, Anything he does get there, in. There's even a great bit though where, where he's trying to punch him in the stomach and he's just holding his head. <laughs> yeah. So he's not even touching him. It's just so funny. Doesn't matter if he's touching him. Bull's no selling it anyway. He's been in the same school as Legion of Doom. He's not paying any attention. We get a fucking Let's Go Elroy chant. Which is pretty... I love that when an audience is in on such a niche joke. Yeah. That widespread. 18,000 people Elroy Jetson I mean it's not that popular a cartoon but can you imagine if that happens in WWE nowadays there'd be like t-shirts that say Elroy oh yeah. yeah Elroy's coming down to the ring Michael I love it you oh you can download Elroy. an Elroy app on the <laughs> WWE app and get another app instead of like this instead of Scooby Doo meets uh, WWE it would be the Jetsons meet WWE on DVD <laughs> <laughs> At a moment which I thought this will live in infamy, and I have to play it right now. This is something I thought when starting this podcast would never happen, and yet we're gracious enough finally. King of the Ring 2000, a creative and financial peak in many respects. This happens. Men's watching in Australia, South Africa, Canada, among other great countries. And so you said the United Kingdom, that includes Wales. Ireland and Northern Ireland. Ireland finally gets fucking mentioned by Jim Ross. Yay. Well says, done, We're Kevin. broadcasting the United Kingdom, which includes Wales, Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland. By fucking God almighty. Didn't hurt, did it? You can tell he didn't enjoy saying, oh, live in the United Kingdom, which includes Wales, Northern Ireland, and Ireland. <laughs> Small print, basically. I didn't even yeah. mind the fact that he implied that our country was part of the United Kingdom, but grand, <laughs> bro, I'll fucking take it, you know? <laughs> this is great. Crash gets, like, no hope or whatever, but... Bill Buchanan goes for his finisher, misses the scissor kick, Crash just gets a perfect little roll up on him, yeah. and he gets the three and the pop. Yeah, Again, oh massive my God. shot. I mean, he immediately just runs, yep. runs yeah. away because he knows if run, he went Crash, there for any uh, five seconds longer, he's going to get his shit kicked in. I love it. It's great. It was like a one part match. They say yeah. the crowd were like silenced the whole time. They had yeah. boring chants throughout the match as well. It was worth yeah. it though. Yeah. It worked it. It really did because the crowd really wanted to see Crash finally win. Fucking hell. Elroy does it. Backstage, Joe Cool is with Jane Cool. <laughs> well, what do we have here? My wife has graced me with her presence here in Boston. And wait a minute now, is this the same Linda McMahon who continues to meddle in my business? Is this the same Linda McMahon, by the way, who, who some time ago reinstated Stone Cold Steve Austin after I'd fired his ass, huh? Is this the same Linda McMahon who indeed Wanted Mick Foley to live his dream at WrestleMania just before I crushed it. Is this the same Linda McMahon who, well, Shawn Michaels is the official spokesperson of the WWF? I mean, you brought back Dave Hebner, you re-signed The Undertaker, you slapped your own daughter. Now then, what brings you to Boston? Well, Vince, I'm here in Boston just about one thing. 
What are you doing tonight about the six-man tag? Are you going to be man enough with Shane and with Triple H to do it straight up? Or are you going to have to have 12 on three again like you did last Thursday night in order to win the match? Wow. Now, wait a minute. Wow. Now, this is me you're talking to. Keep your cool. Now, right. don't look at me that way. Nobody, nobody, not you, especially not you, ever questions my intestinal fortitude, especially not you. Are you insinuating that Triple H, Shane, and I can't do this on our own? Huh, let me remind you, it was your idea, okay, little lady? It was your idea to have this championship provision put into the match, and that's the idea that's gonna ensure victory for Triple H, Vince, and Shane, because Undertaker Kane and The Rock are gonna fight amongst themselves, and you know what? It's on your head that they do that. So therefore, no, no interference, not like SmackDown, no, not at all. But in the end, Vince McMahon, just like always, along with Shane and along with Triple H, victorious tonight. Thank you very much for showing up here in Boston. Vince runs through all the times Linda has meddled in his affairs, bringing back Mick Foley, also bringing back who he calls Earl, he calls Earl Hebner Dave Hebner. Yeah, close enough. But I say, I've never same seen, thing, like. Yeah. I've never seen these two Hebners in the same place at the same time. Maybe he just says he's got a brother for tax purposes. <laughs> <laughs> or he's, selling merch purposes. He's, he's being unnecessarily intense to his own wife. He looks he, like he's going to explode. It's like a conversation between like Walter White and, and Skyler. Like, <laughs> Where's the title shot, Linda? I gave it to Austin. <laughs> Vince guarantees no interference tonight and to his namesake manages to remain cool. Yeah, Joe Cool. King of the Ring quarterfinal number four. It's Kirk Angel taking on Kring Calapino. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Chris Jericho Chris for you there, guys. Yeah. Sorry, I, when I have to repeat names several times this pay-per-view, I gave them new ones. Yeah, yeah you, you got bored. I Why did. Kurt bashes all the spurts teams. Yeah, Yeah. this is actually the first time I haven't really enjoyed Angle's promo that much. Like, I, I think I just didn't get this one. And... There was no, He did nothing other than sports, sports teams. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I understand folks in America, like, you... I understand it's great for you, yeah. but There's we haven't so, a breeze. Yeah. There's only so much, oh, I bet they're cross, that we can take, really. Yeah. And when I want to be cross too. And as much as I love Kurt Angle and also Edge and Christian, this happens a bit as well. It looks to the point then that the only heat they're getting is the only way they can. And yeah. I know that Kurt Angle can get heat from the crowd. Because he did it when he first debuted. Yeah. He's very capable of it. Talk about abstinence again, Kurt. That, yeah. they, they hate that here in Boston. That's more creative. He says he's going to win the King of the Ring. It's true. It's true. Or as you say here in Boston, it's true. I'm fat, unemployed, and get me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> he bashes Boston wicked hard. <laughs> Chris Jericho comes out and calls Kurt Angle the King of the Dorks. And also the king of the 30-year-old virgin. And immediately after he says that, we get a sign that says, Hunter hates homos. Yeah, that was really Whoa. prominent. Yeah, they've got that a lot. It's just the Triple H, obviously, yeah. and the Hunter hates homos. Right on the I didn't know camera. that's what it stood for. <laughs> so, you know, I'm glad the more to you know. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon homos will not be happy with that sign being <laughs> there at all. 
Uh, he also calls Kurt Angle a royal pain in the ass. Ooh, Ooh. Burn. Burn. Uh, Jericho has had an amazing few weeks here. The main thing he started doing since before King of the Ring is having a go at Triple H's blushing bride, Stephanie, mm. calling her all sorts of horrible words and names. Uh, obviously, he challenged for the belt after WrestleMania with Triple H, but he's just been really the thorn in Triple H's side. Calling Stephanie a dirty, filthy, stinky, disgusting, brutal, bottom-feeding trash bag pulsating malformed sweaty slug for a butt <laughs> well the last one may have been earthworm jim but it was <laughs> it was mostly that he calls stephanie names he's not one to mince his words is he old Jerry? no he just adds more adjectives it is bullying to an extent <laughs> it, is like, it is kind of bullying and then stephanie was like you can't say that to me jericho he's like shut up you hoe yeah yeah it's weird like it's one of those things jericho making fun of stephanie was like yeah that's, that's one of the big parts of the attitude i remember that fondly he's still and doing it yeah, oh yeah he did it recently yeah. it only works i think because stephanie is like so hateable she does so many bad things and she yeah. does in fairness interfere a lot and she does get she gets the upper hand quite a few times it's not like with the Dudleys where they're putting through tables and they're like, oh yeah, Terry. Fucking, she's, oh yeah. She she's doesn't want to go through a table. We better put her through a table. Typical. Not a teacher. Yeah. A woman's, Women. A woman's place is through the table, guys. <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, um, Jericho obviously then have a lot of momentum heading into this. Fans are so on his side. He's so over. After after The Rock, and you know, even though you've got Kane and Undertaker, they're more known as being established stars. I'd say Jericho was probably he'd be up there as like the number two guy that people really, really just cheered for and yeah. objectively loved. He got the best reactions. Uh, awesome reaction between these two, Kurt and Jericho. I mean, they've faced off before. These two know each other really well. They always put on an entertaining match. Awesome action. Uh, we had a lion sold from Chris Jericho, but Kurt Angle, he keeps getting all these moves on him, but Kurt keeps being near the ropes putting over that he's a ring technician because in the Olympics if you're not near the ropes you lose <laughs> Kurt Angle in control great ass wrestling loads of rolls shooting the half actually doing proper collegiate style wrestling which is nice yeah. to see now and then that Kurt can actually do this stuff yeah. and it looks like it's useful you know there's a lot of guys who are tagged as being great ground wrestlers but they just like put them on the ground and they'll spin around a little bit <laughs> but Kurt makes it look like you know he does like a chin lock but then he like pulls back your leg and he tucks it in behind his knee and it's like, whoa, he's yeah. really, he's really smart uh, wrestler here. Kurt Angle hits a German suplex with a beautiful bridge. Oh my God. And then Kurt goes up top, goes, woo! And then gets <laughs> drop kicked to top rope Hurricanes. It's the own heart school of uh, wrestling. If you go woo and you're anywhere precarious. Yeah. You're going down. You're going down. Something bad's going to happen to you. This is a fucking war. This is only a opening round match and these yeah. guys are beating They give it all. Yeah. Each other. Really good. Olympic Slam gets reversed by Kurt Angle. And then the walls of Jericho gets locked in. But who appears? Stephanie McMahon Helmsley comes out for some interference. Jericho actually manages to make Kurt Angle tap out while the referee yeah. is distracted. Which is like, whoa. Yeah, Angle tapped. That means the first time I think Kurt is actually physically tapped, tapped out. Like. Yeah. The ref is distracted and then he gets bumped. One of the few ref bumps tonight. Yeah, mm. not many actually. That's a small growth. There's one thing in the 2000 we've seen a lot less of is ref bumps. That's a good thing. Compared to King of the Ring 99 where we literally had a ref bump count. We Fucking had like seven hell. in one night. That was ridiculous. Yeah, so Stephanie gets into the ring, gets her women's championship belt, but accidentally clocks Kurt in the head by mistake. Kiss Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephanie finds herself all alone. Hey, in front of 17,000 in the world. Kissed a married woman! 
because if your girl don't like you and you make fun of her and she still don't like you, kiss, kiss her. her. <laughs> Give her a kiss. It's kind of, yeah. And she kisses her and the crowd goes, yay! Uh, and then Jericho goes, Jericho just kissed a married woman. And King goes, ha ha, that's assault! You're right, lads. You just... <laughs> Calm it down. Which which is it? Is it <laughs> is it cheeky fun or is it assault? Pick one. You can't, can't have both. both. Can't be both. Cheeky bit of assault there. Fucking hell. Really? Uh, yeah. And before you can get a process that, Kurt gets the Olympic slam and wins, progressing through to the semi-finals. Uh, this was awesome. I thought. Yeah. Really, really good match. Great match. And so early into the King of the Ring tournament, Billy's picks are dead. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They're down. Yeah, they're all down. What are you so, going to do? I don't know. I've got Chris, to come up with a new pick. Chris Benoit would rather DQ himself than be one of your picks. Now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Backstage, Joe Cool is with Shane Cool. They're worried about Triple Cool's confidence <laughs> later on tonight. <laughs> we go to WWF New York. To the most awkward man oh, in Times no! Square. This is a man we've not seen since uh, WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. He's got a new haircut. Most people don't know that this is his first time back. They assumed it would have been uh, the night after this. No, it's uh, Times Square, Ivory's Tendon Bar. Don't know why. She's just yeah. there. And he's there with his earpiece. It's Mick Foley. Yeah. Mick, the JR, can you hear me? How are you, Mick? WWF New York uh, was going to be broadcasting King of the Ring. Well, I had, a, I had this little idea that I'd be welcome here. And I got to be honest, the fans here seem to love my new haircut. Well, Mick Wayward, it's always great to see you. And we'll never forget the 98 King of the Ring, one of the big highlights, your Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. Oh, yeah, that definitely was a highlight, I guess, for a lot of fans, to be honest with you. I don't remember that much of it. I mean, I've seen the videotapes. I guess I'll go down in history. Probably that's the match that I'll best be known for. But uh, who knows? Maybe someone will have an even more memorable King of the Ring moment tonight. Maybe Kurt Angle, my personal favorite. Hey, Kurt Angle, he's my personal favorite too, Mick. <laughs> Finally, Mick Foley and I agree on something. Looking very confused, barely able to hear what he's saying. Well, he's, he's only got, got one ear. He's got one ear. I don't know what's going on. He's this got one awful. ear, and that's the one that the fucking yeah. micro headpiece is in. And there's all these like frat boys going, yeah! Woo, and then Ivory keeps shouting over him as well. <laughs> Ivory just wants to be in the centre of it. Ivory's there like banging a fucking like triangle by him. <laughs> like, Remember me! <laughs> From what I could gather, Foley said that he's there because he's got a big meeting in the WF headquarters the next day, but it's kind of awkward because Jim Ross is like, you having a good time at WWF uh, New York? Uh, and, and Mick is like, uh... Yeah. Um, oh, God. I mean, King's just making fun of his haircut. Your haircut's stupid. And McFoley's like, ha ha ha. Oh. It's, oh, there's a delay or whatever. Foley yeah. looks confused. It's, it's awkward. It's so awkward. What a horrible way to bring someone back. <laughs> I know, it's right? A terrible way to bring someone really back. Really awful. Really, really bad. Coming up next, it's a break in our King of the Ring action as we've got tag team titles on the line. Edge and Christian taking on TNA. Taking on the Hardy Boys, taking on the new champions, Too Cool. Guess who helped Too Cool pick up the tie team championships? Who's that? Do you know the little lad who used to hang around with Kid Rock? 
Joe C. Oh, oh, that, that little I forgot. Yeah, Joe C. Yeah, right. He wasn't. He wasn't like a. He wasn't like a six-year-old. He just hung around. No, he was a rude dude without a. He was. He was a grown-ass man. The Simpsons gave a very confusing impression of who that person was. Yeah, now you know, like he sang Carl's mom is a big fat bitch on the the Fox soundtrack. They did a hip-hop version of it. Rest in peace, our friend. So obviously, one of the things which came with Kid Rock with Kid Rock providing entries for the Undertaker was the inevitable. Kid Rock plays music at Raw. And fuck me sideways, the week he did it, he was in the main event slot of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. That's not... Mm. Main event. Yeah. The main, main event, event was, was, a, the, was a song. The, the big slot was like, yeah, the, the big top of the hour, kind of, the big ratings number, that was Kid Rock doing the sing song. While there was a match going on, at least, though, yeah? Mm. Right? Just during the match? No, no yeah, yeah, he, just, he just did kid, that. Just like. Kid Rock. But uh, because yeah. Kid Rock was there, his entourage was there, and Josie, he's a big wrestler fan. He goes in and he uh, he's interacting with Edge and Christian. And of course, Edge and Christian is basically like Stephen Merchant with Warwick Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go to, like, dude, if we go over to your house and we're like, whoa, will you be all like, ah? Uh, you know, do you buy like, little clothes dude or you know whatever they were really mean yeah at one point they tried to stuff him in a garbage can and then they started smacking it with a chair <laughs> oh my god so Josie got back and they were defending their tag team titles against Too Cool and he came out with a hockey stick and low blowed the both of them Too Cool win and well, uh, I'm really happy to see Too Cool win the tie belts because you know everyone always goes Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian for yeah. 2000. And yes, that's right. And yes, they were in, you know, the TLC matches and they deserve all the credit in the world for that. But good lord, how over are two kills? Yeah. That's true. I genuinely didn't think we'd we'd ever see them get the belt. I never think they I never thought they would have won. Yeah. But really in that manner. Like that sucks. That sucks that they couldn't just win the belts. Oh, like, you know what? I, I think, think they were so over and like they they're actually they're better than I remember them being. I think they could have just at least it doesn't have to be off one of the big teams. They could have won them off somebody. I think you need to view it in the way of they got involved in a massive angle involving Kid Rock and one of his guys yeah. that led to a lot of eyes on the product, a lot of people watching, and a lot more exposure for them. So cheapness aside of a victory, it's a much bigger deal to win something like that. In that, like, never when Zack Ryder beat Ziggler, but he did it because fucking uh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman oh, helped. Oh God, him. yeah. You know, people like you want that. Take yeah, take the hit of kind of oh I got a screwy victory, but you know if you got a celebrity with you, that's yeah. that's what you want at the end yeah. of the day, right? Just for the belts is all. Yeah. Well, Christian gives the good sports team a much needed bashing because it's been a whole half a match since that <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah, this one drew nuclear heat. The Dwarf Mets jersey, I'm saying it now, there's an opening. If you wish to be the official AE podcast sports analyst. Please. So, and let us know in advance all the fucking sports references so we can stop, you know. Met, New York Mets, they're a baseball team. They're a bad, are they bad because everyone hates New York? Well, no, it's because a racial it's just been, slur no, on the jumper. No, no it's just, ape shit. Um, New York has a big um, rivalry with, with right. Boston okay. when it comes to most sports. I've seen a Mets game. Live, you know, it's fucking, fucking shit. You know, there's more to it than that. You just dull baseball in general. Just Billy, you might terrible. want to just turn your Twitter off for a few days because you're going to get a lot of people. <laughs> no, I'm fucking serious. If you're out there and you know your sports and you like the show and you think you can help us out, get in contact on Facebook or on Twitter because I'm fucking sick and tired. I'm you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> yeah, I thought when I was a kid, I thought, oh, I don't get that because I'm not a grown up. And now I'm a grown up and I don't get it. It's fucking annoying. Help us. Please. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, they get massive heat for this. Edge and Christian just wearing some sports teams uniforms. That's what it takes. They, they really don't like it. When Too Cool are coming out here, um, King's like, you know, he's getting really excited for him and everything. He goes, uh-huh. oh, you know, you know what, JR? I, th- I think Too Cool are my favourite tag team in the World Wrestling Federation. Oh. And JR just goes, well, based on that statement, I'd advise you avoid looking at any full-length mirrors. Oh. 
So, what does that mean? Oh, I was only say that. It's kind of like, you've got stupid eyes. <laughs> yes. Is, is that what it means? I don't know. Like in Oklahoma, we say, your eyes aren't good for looking. Like, I don't know. He's just telling me. it was a superstition thing or something like that. Do not look in any full-length mirrors for the next seven days. Or your son, who you don't refer to as your son, will die. Will die. Yeah. Um, his iTunes album will do really badly. <laughs> oh no, it did. I told you. Oh my God, he comes out with Hardy Boys. Fucking Lena! There she is, finally ah, they're together. Yes, yeah, at, long at last! Oh, oh my god, the just, pop! Just leaves me one burning question. What happened to S.A. Rios? <laughs> oh man, S.A. Rios. He had a wandering eye, did S.A. Rios. He, uh, he teamed with the Godfather once, and uh, he was going out with all the hoes, and Lita's like, I am your girlfriend, mate. And he's like, yeah, yeah, cool, baby, you got all these hoes. She was not happy that he went out with all the hoes. And then another, she was complaining, and then S.A. Rios was better up at one point and then oh. the Hardys wow. saved her and then uh, she turned an essay bet him up so it was kind of cool yeah. I remember trying to <laughs> this is a blast from the past of my childhood trying to figure out the motivation of S.A. Rios turning on the one person that like led any colour or fun to his character <laughs> and my brother said that S.A. Rios rang him on his personal number <laughs> and he said I'm evil <laughs> <laughs> I always have been evil you just never knew it <laughs> And that is as good as explanation as we're going to get. And uh, I'm yet to, upon rewatching, get a better one. So, S.A. Rios is a no good son of a bitch. But to the victor go the spoils, though, because the Hardy Boys and Lita, what a team made in fucking absolute heaven. Mm. And, you know, Jim Ross maybe or the people originally going, well, she was in Mexico once. She's basically Mexican. Obviously, they should have thought, hmm, tattoo, likes punk music, alternative lifestyle. Might fit in with the old young Hardy boys from the north, think? and fucking hell. Yeah, I'm gonna say right now, the three of them were one of the most over teams. I think with people like when I was kid, a kid growing up, like the kind of more casual fans. Like I knew girl, like girls who watched wrestling because of Lita and the Hardys. Yeah, solely like they would watch the whole show just to see what they were gonna do because Lita would always get involved and beat up the men. And the Hardy Boys would always do something cool, and they'd always take their tops off as well. Yeah. And so everyone loved that. Like I remember as a child, Lita's probably one of the first instances I actually thought of like a, a woman as being like genuinely really, really cool. Like you know, with, with China, I always found her like you know she was a good wrestler, and I enjoyed watching her. But she was her character; she was a dick sometimes. She mm. wasn't very nice. Whereas Lita actually seemed like, but I sure love would love to hang around with Lita. You know, she's great. But the thing about Lita was that she was the first time there was a face diva in WWF. Who was a face not because she was like flaunting her body or yeah. like perceived as being like Sonny and Sable were kind of like, hey, you'll you're like me because I'll probably show you my breasts. Yeah, well, or I've got a good connect. But you Lee know, is a person. She's like an yeah. actual person. Yeah, Ali is cool. That's for lack of a better term. And like it was, there weren't many cool female characters growing up as a kid like, no. and it was cool to see Lena and fucking hell Hardy Boys as well. Michael Hayes, Gangrel, Terry. A bad fucking time. Yeah. They finally got that. They deserved it. I think anyone has like gone through as many unsuccessful managers as those guys. But we've got a potential clusterfuck on our hands here. Four team elimination, two men at the same time, tag team, eight man fucking... Uh, I hate these matches. Yeah, it's funny because Jim Ross is like, well, this is going to be a pain in the ass to call. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Um, good starting off of this one. Everyone's getting in double team maneuvers. Trish Stratus uh, interferes at one point, which leads to Lita attacking her, which basically is the sparking up of this awesome rivalry that's going to start with these two. The two of them become massively over and get involved in this really brilliant feud that goes all throughout the summer and into uh, into winter as well. These two 
coming in, you wouldn't have thought they were going to become like two of the biggest, sorry, the two biggest female wrestlers mm. ever. Undoubtedly, yeah. They're both in the Hall of Fame now. They're both like, like no one currently in wrestling is going to come close a female to their careers ever. They turned it around. They actually completely changed women's wrestling. They made it actually interesting and worthwhile. And took it to a standard that WWE could ne- couldn't maintain, basically. Yeah, and haven't maintained for a very long for time. For a very long time. It's just a shame, really, but uh, it was a cool moment seeing the two of them actually squaring off like that. Twist of fate attempt by Matt Hardy and Albert chokes Lita. Yeah. Which was kind of scary. Then we get big Lita chants. And think, there's, what, ten people out there in total? Mm. And if everyone that's there, people start chatting for Lita. And it's pretty awesome because uh, Lita gets involved very shortly thereafter. She does a Hurricane Rana, which was fucking sweet, man. Yeah. I'd love to see her get involved. Uh, TNA get eliminated after a swanton onto Albert. Scotty versus Jeff next. Nice, fast action. Gets a moonwalker from Scotty into a blind tag. Thought that was kind of funny. You know what? This is weird to say, but I actually really want to see more Scotty in singles matches. After that fucking phenomenal Demon yeah. yeah. match, I just... It Same. almost feels like he's wasted in this jumble of a match. Like, yeah. I really think he can be doing much, much better than Definitely, this. Definitely, yeah. Christian Matner slating, uh, squaring off. Mark Hardy, I know, is very verbal. Is that just me? He's it, a shouter. Rah, yeah. rah, and then he, he, he pointed to the corner and he went, Now we go here! <laughs> he's just he's just calling spots without realising very, he's being very, very yeah. like Letting the crowd know in case you know, if there's hard of sight like what he's going to do next. Hardy's D shirt to a massive pop and Lena Hurkin ran his edge. Holy shit, spot of the night so far. Fucking awesome. Twist of fate to Christian. Swanton then gets interrupted by Edge and then the unprettier to Matt and the Hardys are gone. It's great to see just Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Mm. It's funny, now that Lead is with the Hardys, I want to see them feud with Edge and Christian again. Yeah, because it'll add another little twist to it now. Because, yeah, it's it's great. They These guys, they were constantly rejuvenating themselves, even though they faced off a year ago at King of the Ring. Yeah. And the teams are completely different they now. They stay right? fresh. Yeah. I, uh, I found it very hard to pay attention to this match, despite it being a, it's, it's a really good match. Yeah. Um, big problem with um, legal man legal, syndrome legal oh man, man. yeah, yeah. so it's, bad uh, I, I've pinned it down to the person who always instigates it as well and that's Matt goddamn Hardy Matt Hardy it's, it's always Matt Hardy no. who, who, who starts to ruin it but he's the angelic Diablo care to explain yeah Matt Hardy reach out to us on Twitter you've got some explaining to do maybe boy. All right, maybe Matt didn't get his grapes in him yeah, yeah. it's interesting though because the legal man thing uh, Jim Ross was like I expect the referee will be lenient about the legal man because I think they just honestly they forget Clearly. that has to be it Clearly. so the Hardys get eliminated massive heat as like every female in the audience starts <laughs> fucking yeah. rioting essentially and uh, Jerry Lawler as they're leaving goes oh the eye candy is gone alright she just fucking hurricane ran and someone <laughs> eye candy too cool and Edge and Christian left now and these guys just it's like another match in of itself. Absolutely yeah. great. And then the the two cool do some really cool double team stuff. They pick up Edge and they do the like electricity dance with him. They go, oh yeah! And he's knocked out. It's really really brilliant. That one was done on the playground quite a bit. <laughs> Christian mocks Grandmaster Sexy's dance. Then he gets spat on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with Grandmaster. He's fucking hardcore, dude. Hot tie to Grandmaster Sexy. And this would be an interesting one for the uh, for the hot sauce scale, Adam, because. They were reaching up for that hot tag, and the crowd were going, oh, and they built up the fever pitch. Yeah. And then they went, they started clapping, and then they were like, kind of like, ee, like a full, and then they just stopped. They left it too long. They left it too long. Yeah. That's, and that's you can tell the their eyes, they were like, we're going to milk a little bit, brother. And yeah. now they, and by the time they got the tag then, they had lost it. They'd left the, basically, they left the hot sauce cooking for too long. They were still making the sauce, 
and eventually yeah. it all just boiled away and just disintegrated. I was, I was going to say, like, if it was in a bottle of sauce, they'd left the topper off. Yes, and there it goes off go. hard. Yeah, yeah, it's all glued in there. It's fucking disgusting. It's a shame. It's not a shame. It's still spicy, don't get me wrong, but it's not yeah, the way it's the all, sauce is meant to be. It's a waste of sauce. Not, right. not a serving suggestion that we'd it. recommend. Mark Merrill ball spot to Edge and Christian. <laughs> yeah. And fucking Edge's pants get pulled down. He's there with his arse hanging out, his head yeah. in Christian's willy. It's like, Jesus, get it together, Edge. <laughs> Come on, man. Edge and Christian mock the worm. And this is great because we've been talking about their goofy heel Valley Boys gimmick and all that stuff. And it rarely comes out in the matches, though. They just kind of act sneaky. But seeing the two of them there, like, with big silly faces so going, lame. Yeah, and start doing it around. They're like such fucking assholes <laughs> then Scotty face busters them both and then he does the worm and good god in heaven I have to include this pop Scotty T. Hardy got here and the innovator the originator of the worm they want you to show them your worm Scotty here it comes someday he's not wormless Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, Stone Cold just came back again, didn't he? He just made another appearance. Like, <laughs> it's backlash all over again. This is a bigger pop. This is as big a pop as you hear tonight. Yeah. And that's not taking away from anyone else, because there's some great stuff in this show, but good God! Yeah. Billy, I've got to ask you this, because, I mean, you might have known a little bit of the worm from Scotty from when you were watching SmackDown in your glory years of yeah. 05 or whatever, but, like, does the fact that the move is so popular is that confusing to you? Because I mean, for me, yeah, I've I've said on the podcast before, I really don't like the move because I think yeah. it takes far too. But long. can you see why it's popular? I don't know because it's quite. It seems baffling on the surface. I I, I just I don't get it. You know. For you, Adam, was there a kid in the playground who could do the oh, work? Of course, you see, yeah, that was there's, always there's it. Always one kid that can do the work. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I think it's just maybe a, more of a thing of the times. Like everyone yeah. was so into too cool. Like. Too Cool's gimmick is a very 90s, like, early 2000s thing. And back then, it actually was cool. It wasn't just a gimmick. It was like, these guys are pretty fucking awesome. Look at that hat. I want those yellow sunglasses, <laughs> yeah? I, I got those yellow sunglasses, by the way. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm so happy. Nice. The thing, the thing is, though, I can only imagine Scotty having that as a finishing move. I can't, yeah. ima- I can't imagine Scotty having any other move. That's a, oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. And that kind of maybe might put a bit of a stick in the whole Scotty as a single star thing, because... As many matches as he wants to have with Dean Malenko, if he has to put him away with the worm every goes, time, yeah. it's kind of he is really shoehorn himself or typecast him. It's good and bad. Scotty mm. Tawadi can like roll out of bed tomorrow morning, walk down to a high school gymnasium, probably draw two hundred fans, do the worm, and everyone will pop with him and yeah. want to buy an autograph and a T-shirt afterwards. Yeah, he's set for life because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just true. look at when um, Tuchel came back for NXT. Yeah, when the, they had yeah. the match against the Ascension, you know, people went nuts for it. It'll always be over. Yeah. Brian Christopher, not so much. Not uh, so much. Sadly, the hip hop drop is not as memorable of an Uber. That shows you how their two lives went, really. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Scotty got the worm, reliable, entertaining. Went on to become a firefighter. Went on, you know, yeah. took care of himself. Nice, long, easy career, really. Brian Christopher landed on his arse every night of the week. Yeah. Oh. And I think, you know, his life landed on it. <laughs> for, for, you know, and then his album landed right on its fucking arse yeah. and its tailbone shot right up. Like, it's... One's a firefighter, one's got no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> one's a firefighter, the other one has to have his dad photoshopped on the single he guessed lyrics on. Like, I mean, <laughs> there you go, folks. 
hip-hop drop, but Christian naps in with the belt as the ref is distracted. Edge and Christian win, become two-time tag champs, and oh my god, too cool look absolutely devastated. Heartbreaking. And Edge and Christian celebrate like absolute dorks. It's not nice seeing such happy, fun characters like Too Cool be so dejected and sad. It's really heartbreaking. And to see jerks like Ed and Christian win. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's what the local sports team is kind of like. Uh, to the point I was saying earlier about them getting heat for like for things other than that. Hmm. A point in this match, I think Edge and Christian were doing something really dastardly. They were like, you know, double teaming behind the rest back or whatever. And the crowd just started chanting, New York sucks. <laughs> or like Mets suck or something like that right, it's like okay. right that is like the wrong direction there. yeah because it's like you're not going to be happy then because the Mets aren't going to get beaten in the ring and Christian <laughs> are you know eventually the Mets aren't going to get their comeuppance in this broadcast <laughs> is what I'm saying so yeah that was kind of a bit irksome I suppose but I love Edge and Christian happy to see them as champs hell yeah and happy to see them hopefully go on feud with the Hardys and the Dudleys again now Michael Cole backstage laughs at Crash Holly. Can you believe you've made it to the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament? Why is it too hard to believe I've gotten this far, Michael, huh? <sighs> Look, I've always been an overachiever. I held that hardcore belt for a long time until those dirty old men in their stinky dresses and their mascara and their makeup, they're going to get theirs. As far as for Kurt Angle, where well, it goes, well, he's in big, big, big trouble, mister. Who the hell do you think you are? Seriously, Michael. Mm. He's like, hey, Chris, you didn't mean Kinder? Look at you with your hair, Have Michael you Cole. seen your fucking yeah. haircut? I would advise you avoid any uh, full-length mirrors, Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Michael Cole's hair looks like a bowl of Frosties. It's disgusting. <laughs> what, what I love, though, is that uh, Crash says that Angle is in big trouble because he legitimately thinks that he can beat... No, he, says, he goes, you're in big trouble, I, mister. Like, yeah. that, that's why I love the character so much, because yeah. he legitimately thinks he can do all this stuff. Oh, it's great. Like, And this is... That's the one I'm really looking forward to. What a mismatch. Yeah. Kurt Angle and Crash Holly. How's that going to work? Two separate worlds. As, as well as the next match. Yes, Val Venus taking on Rikishi in her first semi-final match. Uh, Val, you know, we said he was getting more serious role, getting a bit of a push here as a heel. Some of the stuff that he was doing to Rikishi, like mm. to get him over as a heel, he bet the absolute piss out of him with a nightstick. <laughs> then they had a thing where Rikishi like put him through a table, but then Val knocked him with a monitor. And it's like, they're recapping this. And he's like, oh, Val Venus got one over on Rikishi. I'm like, oh, did he put his feet on the ropes? He's there smashed him with a monitor and busted him in the head, unprotected chair shot. And then Rikishi jumps off the stage. Yeah. It's Smackdown. <laughs> Gee, it shows you how good the shows and the TV shows are right then. There's always this crazy shit. They would shit give so happen. much more away on TV, wouldn't they? Yeah, and it's really great. Now you got Rikishi, who's kind of got a really interesting story going forward. He's the injured behemoth. And Jim Ross is like, this match has to end quick or he will not win because Rikishi is injured and he's yeah. also 450 pounds. So yeah, it's a slow slugfest to start, but uh, Rikishi just catches a random belly-to-belly -belly suplex out of nowhere, and he wins. That's yeah. it. It's really short. Really short. And these two go on to have more matches, and the rivalry kind of gets rained out a little bit, but it kind of seemed odd that we spent more time establishing what a badass rivalry these two had the than match. the match itself. Yeah. Like, I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on this one? No, not really. It was just... It was it wasn't a bad match. 
It was just a, just short. It was entertaining. Yeah. I sort of thought it was like, oh, it's to be expected. I could tell that was going to be a short match. But then I still, I, I got thinking, I was like, well, should it really have been a short match? I think like... It has but, to be. Rikishi's a fat fuck. He can't yeah, wrestle. Yeah, 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 it does in that sense. But I mean, surely in the terms of the tournament, you want the tension to build up towards the final. You want, as you get closer and closer to the final, you want to start, you know, buying into it a bit yeah. more. And I think having shit matches for your semi-finals mm. just doesn't help that at all. Well, it's not making me excited to see the final match. Well, now. maybe we'll have a nice long technical masterpiece with Crash versus Kurt. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> After the match, Rikishi gets attacked by Trish Stratus and he knocks her down and she kind of goes slightly to the corner. You're like, uh-oh, she's going to get a stink face, which they've done already. It was Rikishi's thing now. Much like, if you're going to get put through a table as a woman by the Dudleys, you're going to have your face shoved up a man's arse. One or the mm. other. And it's funny, I was thinking at the start of this, it's like, wow, compare this to last year, when last year you had Stephanie as an auxiliary character you had China, yeah. and you had, like, you know, Ivory and Mulebeba. But now you've got, like, Stephanie, Linda, Trish, Tori, Lisa, you know, and then all the other, like, Jackie, Ivory. You've really yeah. a large cast of female characters, and there's a load of female characters in the show now. But it's like, yeah, if you're not involved in a very specific feud, there's a good chance that you're going to be put through a table or your head shoved in someone's ass. Yeah. And I can't think... I think Lisa is the only one who didn't have her a stink face done to her. Every, the, everyone else did. The idea of Lita getting stink face makes me feel very sad for some reason. It'd be like Stone Cold getting a stink face or something. You know? Or it's Stone Cold like, getting the worm or something it's, it's like wrong. that. It's just like, yeah. yeah, these two things don't fit. But it's just kind of like, yeah, even though it's nice to see women the, get more of a featured role and having better characters now who are more fleshed out, it's a dangerous time to be a woman in wrestling <laughs> yeah. is what I'm getting at. Fucking hell. But yeah, no more evident than after this when instead of actually alluding that he's going to give her a stink face, Rikishi goes up and says he's going to give her a bonsai drop. Yeah. And Jim Ross goes, oh my God, if he does this, he's going to annihilate Trish Stratus. <laughs> All right, sometimes she shows some cleavage and tries to seduce men. She doesn't deserve to be killed <laughs> or annihilated. Dead God. Val attacks Rikishi, stops him and... Uh, yeah, Rikishi gets beat down again. Kind of uh, had it coming for doing that, I think. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, Rikishi, if you're very injured, would you not be happy with your victory? as kind go. of yeah. Yeah. Like, No, i got to do it for the Samoan people. I <laughs> must destroy this white woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did it for the people. I must annihilate this large-breasted woman immediately. Like. <laughs> the booze. Yeah. That erupts throughout the arena. All right, guys, what do you want? Do you want to chant puppies and enjoy Trish Stratus? Or do you want her to be annihilated? Do you want a fat man to sit on her? You can't have your cake and eat it. Like, <laughs> do you want her to be annihilated in a sexy way? Is that what you'd like? For her to be squished in the... Uh, yeah, bleh. Backstage, coach is with Jerry Briscoe. Jerry says, The only emotion running through my head is revenge. <laughs> Oh. It's not an emotion, mate. <laughs> Jesus. It's a concept. It's not an emotion, though. But then we all start to feel more and more sick as they got closer and closer to the evening gown match. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of, yeah. We, we, I was still unsure, though, what was actually this was building up to. I know, they're, they're kind but of. They didn't really go that much into it. No, we just kind of like get these backstage segments. We know that Jerry Briscoe was involved in the hardcore division. Yeah. What could possibly be? More on that later. I, I knew something was up when the evening gown delivery boy turned up. You know, <laughs> and asked. Uh, Some of my favourite recurring characters. <laughs> ask if Mr. Briscoe wants the regular panties or the crotchless kind. What oh. the hell are you talking about? Of course I want the crotchless kind. <laughs> oh. Fucking hell. Poor old Jerry Briscoe. Weird. Coming up next, it's our second King of the Rings semi finals as Crash Holly takes on Kurt Angle. 
Crash Holly coming out. Obviously, he's the fan favourite here after a miraculously winning his last match. Jim Ross keeps referring to this as being a Cinderella story. The Cinderella story continues, but will the uh, black wrestling boot fit the foot? Yeah. Ooh, it's good there. It's not a slipper, mate, is it? Yeah. No, sorry. Fast start from these two. Lightning yeah. fast stuff, actually. Get off to a very good start. It's nice to see Crash and Kurt kind of go at it because they are so quick, the two of them. Yeah. And they fire each other off the ropes in this one. It's really great. Kurt takes control early on. Jim Ross hypes the XFL's February kickoff. Yeah, is, that the, is that the first mention of the XFL? It's not the first. It's the first mention of a confirmed kickoff, though, or yeah. proper date. Right. The XFL we've been kind of mentioned around the time of WrestleMania. They had mentioned that it was coming, but now we've got confirmed kickoff date. We know it's going to be airing on NBC, and it's going to be my football, <laughs> <laughs> or as Jim Ross describes it, slobber knocker football. Catchy. What Probably does that the mean? B- best way to describe it. Does that mean that the ball is covered in sauce or right. something? I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Needs to say, Billy and I will be reviewing the XFL when the time is appropriate. And I can't wait. Yep. Because the only experience I have of American football is that one video of the Glasgow Diamonds singing <laughs> and going on a tabletop bus all around Glasgow yeah. and me going, oh, I've been in that, Greg's. <laughs> that's, that's the sum total of my football knowledge. If Kurt Angle or Edgy Christian parody that, I'll be like, aha! You know, but until then, I'm sadly not knowledgeable. Top rope dropkick by Crash Holly, but... Kurt Angle simply out-wrestles poor Elroy. It wasn't meant to be. Olympic slam. One, two, three. Kurt Angle wins. King goes, you want to keep calling this a Cinderella analogy? Well, the heel came off the slipper. It broke. Crash turned into a pumpkin. He didn't, though, did he? He did. He lost. He still crashed. He legitimately did not. I would imagine Kurt Angle would have had a different look in his face. Instead of elation, he would have been like, wow. What has Crash Holly turned into a pumpkin for? That's most unusual. (laughs) How queer, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I like this match very quick, though. Yeah. And they're kind of firing through. Yeah. And it's kind of like... I know, it's a little annoying because it got to the point where it's like... We've had six King of the Ring matches now. Yeah. And bar one or two, they've all been either A, very short, or B, kind of... You know, oh, it's... Just telling kind of a one-off story. Not a real match, like, not a real proper back and forth. Which is like, that's most of our pay-per-view is kind of eroded. There's no bad wrestling, you Mm. know, but... It's like you said, the tournament just sort of has outstayed its welcome now, and the tournament is kind of like dragging everything down. If we just had semis and finals, this would have moved a lot better. But as it stands, it's quite dry, yeah. Last night, Madison Square Garden, another sellout for WWE, and who's in the front row but Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There he is. Looking particularly reptilian. Yeah, he's yeah. a fucking lizard. Looking like Bowser in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bastard with his evolution ray. Get away from me. Standing awkwardly in the front row, looking like a reptile the entire time, and obviously they just want to keep Trump sweet yeah. so yeah. They, they ask him who his favourite of wrestlers who his best of wrestlers is <laughs> and he, it kind of looks like Jerry has to cue him in to say The Rock yeah uh, he, he goes The Rock we just love it it's better than the time when he was in the main event at WrestleMania 23 and he was like what do you think it was you know, Bobby Lashley versus Ubaga McMahon and Trump were in the corners yeah. and he was asked some radio shows like here uh, who's your favourite wrestler in WWE then he's like Oh, what's his face? The black one, uh, Lashley or whatever. Oh. <laughs> Larry or B- Bobby something or other. <laughs> no. hell. Trump. He's no Alan Sugar. That's all I'm saying. Certainly not. Backstage, Mickey C is with Kane. Fucking intense. Hmm. Uh, Kane, sadly, you know, Paul Bear no longer with him, but he came back 
really overstrong and was sights set firmly on Triple H as opposed to Kane and Xbox having their 20th installment of the rivalry. It's nice to see him just kind of do more serious things. Do something else now, yeah. Yeah. Backstage, coaches with some roadie. Undertaker, you just heard what your brother had to say. Your response. Well, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that Kane wants to be the WWF champion. Hell, he's no brain surgeon, that's for sure. It's the most coveted prize in our game today. But there's only one man can wear that title. And I didn't come to Boston to lose. It's Undertaker. What's so it? fucking lame. What's that? I just still can't. Really? So yeah, right, no, we no. can say this now, because, I mean, you last time you saw him, Judgment Day, that was a very impressive... Like, it was a good whoa. return. Yeah. Very good return. But I, I'm sensing not fans of the American badass. The gimmick is just he is some chewing tobacco... Uh, chewing tobacco hobo like that's all he is he just goes I disagree with that my brother wants to win the title now I'm cool with that but let me tell you about that boy The Rock you see him (laughs) who does he think he is I will say one thing about Taker before this the way they presented him on Raw and Smackdown was very mysterious they kept his mystique intact right like the first match he had back was the Smackdown after Judgment Day and they, the McMahon Helsley faction were like, Shane's the giant killer. He can beat the Undertaker. So it was like Shane the Undertaker, and like Undertaker wrestled. He came out like in his trench coat, like on the bike, and he just wrestled the match wearing his trench coat. Right. And he fucking destroyed Shane in it. So they did a really good job, and he was always like left standing at the end of the night. Seeing him here though now with a mouthful of chew and his hat on him, looking slightly less mysterious. I don't want to say something that might come across as being a bit out of line here or anything, but I do think it's like you were just saying that they made Undertaker look mysterious. Yeah. They kept him enigmatic. I think it's when he's left on his own two feet, like in this promo, he just really ruins his own mystique. I think he's kind of his own worst enemy. In that There's regard. a number of things I think that factor into it. I think we can all agree that the, just sitting on a motorbike doesn't make you cool. No way. Like it did in 2000, that was cool. Mm. But Limp Bizkit was cool then as well. That's true. <laughs> it was Kid Rock. It was a different time. You know, and people like leather coats slightly more than they do yeah. now. You know, and like the whole bandana and chewing tobacco, it makes for some, yeah. It, but it doesn't even seem like he has a character anymore. It's just he sp- speaks with a mouthful of tobacco, <laughs> spits, and, you know, he's just got... He shouldn't be called The Undertaker anymore. Yeah, yeah. He should just be, if they're going to just call him Mark, Mark Calloway. Cal- he is being basically Mark Calloway. Yeah. Like, that is it, it's, yeah. It's weird just seeing this presented to us and said, this is a man called The Undertaker. Would yeah. you it's just not some fucking agree, redneck. Would you not agree, though? Like, if you're going to take between the two, you've got guy who's basically based off Buffy the Vampire Slayer, has all these lengthy, verbose promos written for him. He's shooting lightning and making lads drink his blood. Mm. Or... We've got man on a motorbike with chewing tobacco who may mumble his words and whatnot, but is very close to his actual real life persona. But maybe the volume turned up a little bit. Yeah, I'd sooner have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? You know how much I fucking hated that. Well, I'm just saying though because I think that it flows slightly better into the matches because Taker is slightly more believable as a thing. Mm. I can buy him in a match more because it's like it's just some biker dude having a fight as opposed to. Well, that's the Prince of Darkness there now, and what he's done is he wants the title. He wants the title because yeah. the power power demands it. Like yeah. you know, so it's more believable, and I I do prefer American Badass Undertaker to the Phenom mm. like that came before it, but it's still just really weak. There's something still lacking. It, it's just, I think, he hasn't got yeah. the presence that's required for that character. I think it's funny. It's just I think like it's weird that. In the Attitude Era, we've had two iterations of Undertaker, but we kind of are like touching our foreheads and going a little bit like. You, you see, know. I'm sure by WrestleMania 17, I do like him again, but I'm really starting to worry now. I 
I'm kind of clutching onto this here because I think American Badass Undertaker was only cool in the very few, first few months mm. when they were still like sunglasses. Who is this man? Comes in on a motorbike, yeah. kills everyone, and then leaves. Because around May 17, he's wearing Dead Man Inc. black yeah. bastic pants and talking about his yard and being a big dog. And then before you know it, he's bugger red like. So well, he's on borrowed time. He's on borrowed right time. Now. But mm. let, you know what? Let's not cra- let's let's try and judge his matches fairly as the matches. Oh, go of course, oh, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! You can tell we were trying to kill a bit of time there and avoid getting into this. Pat Patterson, Jerry Briscoe, hardcore title dress match. Made me laugh so hard because obviously I haven't been watching the Raws. Yeah. So having this all condensed down to like two minutes. They actually did a really good job of recapping so the feud. Like, yeah. and not only that, but the package itself is, but it has like all Terminator effects, like you know, Pat Patterson. Target acquired. Target yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It actually is like you know the Star No Mercy on the sixty four, where it kind of shows you that yeah. bit, 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 bit. aggression. <laughs> <laughs> and the music is insane. It's There's these two old men in dresses, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's a fucking headache. So, Patterson, in a moment of evil, he kept helping Jerry beat Crash, basically. And right. Crash had lost the belt on numerous occasions. And uh, Jerry wins the belt one night, finally again off Crash, thanks to Patterson helping him. Patterson pours champagne at him and he goes, I'm going to hit you with this champagne bottles. And he knocks him out and yeah. wins the belt. He does it, yeah. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Briscoe's reaction to having ah, um, champagne. champagne Someone's throwing bleach in his face. Ah. <laughs> I love Patterson and Briscoe. I do not love. All right, this happens so fucking much. Patterson stink facing people. Uh, right, yeah. 
Now, there was a thing, it was like, all right, if you're old, it's funny for you to do the like, the sexualized things, like do the crotch chop, do the bronco mm. bus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that is something Vince McMahon clearly just finds objectively funny. Undoubtedly. Pat Patterson, 60 years young, should not be doing a stink face with people. Yeah. And like, they've got, they've got, he's wearing whitey tighties, they've got brown on them. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm genuinely worried whenever he does something like that because I, I he looks like he has hemorrhoids. Oh, oh <laughs> Just looking at him, just thinking, you probably do, mate. Oh, right. you've, got to, you've got to the old age where you let it happen. To he's got more. that like, big gross mark in him, though, right? And every time he does the stink face, you've got Jerry Lawler going, Skid Marks! Skid Marks! <laughs> Skid Marks! Oh. Right. That's, I know someone just put Marmite or whatever in the yeah. in the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the <laughs> But like, right, I don't want Pat Patterson giving me a stink face. More to your point, Billy, his muffler might fall out. Yeah. And then uh. you come out and you're chewing on a dirty old muffler. No one wants that. It's all black and brown and guys, yellow and guys, red. Guys, some people eat their dinner while they're listening to our podcast. Content warning, we talk about a muffler in this one. <laughs> Hemorrhoids. So, <sighs> Patterson tried to... Uh, Hide from Jerry by dressing up in drag. Yeah. And again, this is the thing that Vince McMahon finds funny. Pat Patterson is a gay man, which yeah. obviously Vince McMahon in the year 2000 still thought there was many yucks to be had at this. Well, if you're gay, you love dressing up as women, don't you? Way. So, yeah. So, which is why we have him dressing up as a woman, hiding in with the women, and then Jerry uh, Briscoe goes in and attacks him dressed also as a woman. Vince just happens to upon the two of them rolling around. <laughs> He looks so annoyed. Like, like, you shut up. He's in his ring gear as well. Yeah, Vince is in his ring gear. These two 60-year-old men, Hall of Famers, rolling around in dresses. And Vince is like, you want to play, pal? Huh? You want to go? And the two of you are going to have a hardcore evening gown match. All right, I suppose we're going to have a hardcore evening gown match. Yeah. Inside Skinny on this one, apparently. Do you know what the original plan for this pay-per-view was, apparently was? It was meant to be Trish and Lita in an evening gown match. Right. But Vince thought, well, we've got another blonde and a brunette on the roster. Parson and Briscoe. That is quite possibly the smartest thing Vince has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? I mean... It's well, Save Lita and Trish. Uh, Save Lita and Trish, true. Well, they do go on to have matches like that, like, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean... But so early in sort of yeah, it would have really in, so early for for Lita to have done that so early on in her yeah. being built up. It's it nice that they got it. Yeah. yeah, they got a little bit of time to establish their characters before they overly sexualize them. Like. Wait, I've got it. All. Wait, just no evening gown match. Why don't we have not a single evening gown match? No, we've, we've got to have. No, we've no, got no, have no, one, no, guys, just have no evening gown match. No, right? no, no, mate, you gotta. Have, it's, king, it's king of the ring. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jerry Briscoe comes out. He is in black. He's coming to Hogan's music. It's quite yeah. funny to hear Hogan's music for that long. And his opponent, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking state of Patterson here, Jesus Christ. His, his drag is so much better than Jerry's. Yeah. I genuinely thought for a second, though, that Briscoe was China. Now, uh, just going uh, to point out here, guys, that um, Pat Patterson is wearing a uh, red dress. If you remember earlier, he was looking for a dress. He couldn't decide on one, could he, if you remember? Well, uh, he's, he's wearing a red dress here, the one that's actually used in all the promotional images and the materials. So, really, he, he must have decided on this dress quite a long time ago. So, uh, Pat Patterson, I... Uh, Tweet Can't to tweet explain him. yourself. Can't to explain that. Yeah. At Pat Patterson WWE. <laughs> Didn't think so. Can, can we get a name for this character? That you're character. Doing? <laughs> Shit wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't think you should mention about the matchup screen there because it looked heavily photoshopped. Yeah, it did. <laughs> the outfits were photoshopped onto really, them. I was, I'll clarify that. It looks like it was photoshopped by me. Yeah. <laughs> as in really badly. I mean, it, the, like, it looked cell shaded as well. It looked like it'd been done in crayon. 
<laughs> it's really, really awful. Okay, I mean, right. This match is for the hardcore title. We the hardcore a, title. We did a whole episode recently on this championship, <laughs> but it's it's history and it's. And we tried to avoid these moments, yeah. and good lord, this is a dark one, isn't it? <laughs> the match starts, and JR just says, "What has this business come to?" <laughs> <laughs> right, this match is for the hardcore belt. Terry Funk is spinning in his grave so fast in reverse time the, the world went backwards and he's alive again and he's fine you didn't even know that he was dead oh Jesus Pat offers to lay down at the start and he's like I will lay down and you can get on top of me <laughs> he said lay down <laughs> Pat with a banana yeah he pulled out of his willy yeah so you got Parson and Briscoe stumbling around kind of awkward but trying their hardest nonetheless props are going everywhere they're trying stuff nothing's landing it is like Legends House but with a lot less crime yeah yeah. But, like, other, like at the end of this match if the loser revealed a terrible tragedy that had befallen the last 12 months it would have been just Legends, just Legends House, House. <laughs> but and sadly it's a little bit lighter and, than that and then the enjoyment was ended yeah when a uh, when a little prop comes out when oh that'd be when, the sanitary towel yeah, when, yeah when Mr Patterson pulls out the sanitary napkin which I've, I've never heard it referred to as a napkin <laughs> a napkin that's something you wipe your face with after some soup I can't believe I ate <laughs> <laughs> he gets a napkin out and it and, and it, it's 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 had the uh, the color added to it. I know they just put raspberry jam yeah. or whatever in the gusset. <laughs> but again, there's some brown on it as well. Brown and red. Oh, for what is this? What? Just, Fucking just, hell. Just goes, puts it in Briscoe's mouth. Yeah. I have never heard an entire stadium of wrestling fans collectively groan yeah. like that. And the boos that come. Just hit everyone at the same time going, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> for an attitude era audience to collectively say, no, that's too much. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Sorry, that's you pushed it on up slightly too far yeah. for me. Like, I mean, that is like, it's like a heroin addict going, that is slightly too much skag for me. I think, I'll, <laughs> I, think I might actually have a biscuit instead. Just thank you. That is... They, you, they broke the crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's a rare thing. They're always pushing the envelope. And I think we mentioned in you know, Backlash and Judgment Day as well, a lot of the times when they got at their most offensive was when they were just pushing the envelope and offensive things yeah. happened to happen. This was them trying to be, like, yeah. too hard. You, you can't... There's no way they can say, like, oh, I didn't realise they'd take it the wrong way. I thought they'd find that funny. Like, no, they must have known that that's just... It's not on. You can't have a, a bloody sanitary towel with... That is like who on it as well. That is just lowest common denominator. It's the gross out humor. No, like that would make like Tom Green and Howard Stern blush. Turn their noses. It's just like it's so weird as well. And in a moment, in a time, in the timeline when they're kind of getting more serious. I mean, you know, Stevie Richards starts appearing in the few weeks after this. You know, with uh, wearing a shirt and tie. More on that in a future episode. But like, yeah, it's just too much, man. Stupid. Bronco Buster by Jerry Briscoe. God save us, please. End this match. And the boos. Oh my <laughs> God. God. The crowd the were so hot earlier. The crowd yeah. were all right. It was the sanitary towel. That's when they was like, no, I can't. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> You've done it too no. much now. You've pushed me too far. Harrison Briscoe. Like, they're actually proper wrestlers as well. It's the legends of wrestling. Crash appears. The pop. Oh my yes. goodness. Oh my God. He- I really wasn't expecting this either. I, I I actually be honest I I never watched this match before because really? I remember 
recording this on TV and then fast forwarding it out of out of principle because I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. There's no way a ten year old's going to enjoy that shit. <laughs> yeah, Crash Holly comes out, the pop of the century, knocks Patterson's brick still with the yeah. trash can. He hits him so yeah. hard. Oh my god! Thank you, Crash Holly. He wins the belt. And uh, the two of them are just laying there in a pile of their own mild transphobia. Jim Ross goes, so much for the supposed youth movement. <laughs> <laughs> this was awkward. Yeah. It was awful. And you know what? People can sit and defend all the raunchy stuff, which, you know, this stuff that happens in the outs there, which in the co-light of 2014 is kind of, it's weird and it's problematic. And it's like, yeah. it's it's makes you feel like, oh, that's not rethinking really that through. But you can still kind of go, wow, well, that got a reaction. Or yeah. it did a number. Or it got someone over. You know, Dudley's and Tables. I'm not going to argue the fact that it got them over. Oh, no, definitely. And it made the crowd react. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but it happened. This, who uh, who's buying tickets to see this? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince McMahon is the And you already you own the company. <laughs> you, you know Vince is in the back. He's, he's in Gorilla, like... Proper laughing, big yeah. belly, belly laugh, holding onto his stomach, massive hard He's on. he's on the floor, and it's nice to know that in two thousand, during this creative peak, when they're firing on all cylinders and just critically and commercially, everything is a hundred percent. But what has to be number one priority? Vince McMahon has to get his fucking yucks. Yeah, you know, put someone in a dress, get me some some short people. You know, get me some dick jokes. Have Mae Young do a Bronco Buster. Still, there's no point in the wrestling history that. when this yeah. has not been a problem. At least the right man won. Yeah. There's always that. That's yeah. true. Fucking Vince McMahon, just, this is like, it's so pointless because it's just for him. It's like having a loyalty card for yourself when you make yourself lunch. <laughs> oh, you made yourself 10 lunches, you get a free cup of tea using your own tea. It's a waste of resources. Backstage, Devon psychs Bubba Ray up. As they spray paint a table to put the name of Tori on it. Yeah. Oh man, here we go. Recap of this feud. What is that Jezebel doing in there? Tori. Oh, she was going to stop the right. Tori! Tori's going to get some serious wood tonight. You mean there's enough table for Tori? Good God Almighty. The Dudley's will break her in half. Briscoe to say Tori's ass. Sunday on pay-per-view at King of the Ring. A 
And Judgment Day 2000, obviously. Dudley boys really want to put Tori through a table. Yeah. I'm more at ease with this than the Trish thing because... At least Tori's evil. Tori is pure evil. Yeah. And she's aligned with DX, who are pure evil. Who are aligned with the McMahon-Helmsy faction, who are pure evil. And the Dudley boys, really in the last month, have just become... Oh, they're such... Because they're weirdos... It's so awesome to see them kind of be the underdogs and people rallying behind them, even though they're clearly, they're fucked up. Like, yeah. they're, they're not like, they don't wear white hats for lack of a better term. Dudley boys, they got uh, put through a table by Tory as well at one point. Which how I, embarrassing. How embarrassing. Bubba Ray Dudley obviously in the uh, horrible trance after that, like projectile vomit in his head spinning around <laughs> and he put through a table. Also as well, the Dudleys got dumpstered Shades of a very, very, very first episode yeah. of WrestleMania 14 yeah. when uh, the New Age Outlaws, they were put people in a dumpster. That was their gimmick. And they did that to the Dudley boys and they threw them off the edge, uh, X-Pac and Road Dog. And that's always a sick bump. Yeah, it's a hideous Fucking bump. A big old clatter. We've got complicated rules for this one, folks. Uh... The Dudley boys taking on DX and Tory in a handicapped dumpster table match. The Dudleys go in by putting all three members of DX through the table. DX can win by putting the Dudleys in a bin. That is confusing. It's just stupid. It's, it's, con- just it's really convoluted. Stupid. You need a pen and paper to be like keeping, you know, track of who's eliminated who. And like, why bother? Like, what's the point? Yeah, I think it's just kind of like I like the idea of the elimination thing. I suppose elimination's mm. cool, but just have one gimmick. You don't need both. And they're kind of like I don't know. They're really like teasing the Dudley boys. Like, oh, it might end up just the two of them and Tori. What's going to happen then? Kind yeah. of thing. And it's kind of it's a slightly easier match for the the DX team to win, so they got the advantage. Really cool moment with the Dudleys, and here's a one the Attitude Era fans might not necessarily remember on Raw before this when you know, Linda was coming back and making all these awesome matches and zany announcements and fucking with Vince. She decided to put uh, Vince and Shane in a match, a tag match, a tag team table match. Shane and Vince fought the Dudley Boys in a tag Jeez. team table match. Now, predictably, it does end up as a schmoz or whatever with a big DQ, but there's a good five, ten minute action where Bubba Ray and Devon work over Vince McMahon. That's weird. And you've not seen anything until you've seen fucking Devon and Bubba Ray stiffen the boss on the outside. <laughs> so he's like, slam me harder, goddammit. <laughs> come on! Aren't you big ECW, huh? Slam me harder, come on! Yeah. So that was just a cool moment. The Dudley Boy's really, really over now. That's sweet. Great action in this one. Thankfully... Bringing the crowd back after that goddamn train wreck we had just sat through. Tori works over Diva at one point. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Tori really has come along a long way. Oh, sure. yeah. completely, yeah, for sure. From uh, from her bright-eyed, doting, awful match with Sable at WrestleMania 15 to now, she's come on leaps and bounds. Tori, is the, she came in as the stalker, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely dreadful start. Bubba Ray Dudley as a big fiery baby face, and then he's unequivocally a face now. Mm. Just clearing house. I love that. Big moves, big back body drops, saying suck it to X Pac when he mm. does a move. X Pac doesn't even tag in and gets X Pac sucks chest. Yeah. <laughs> he just sat there. He just Look at him stood there. He keeps turning around, you know, he keeps turning around to say, fuck it up. Have you done anything, bro? Make some noise. Road Dog gets the was up, where he's not quite a was up yet. And then Tori also gets a was up. The crowd get like properly into that. Yeah. Like, they really want to see that. And yeah. it is uh, particularly uh, something very weird happens after this. Devon does the flying headbutt to that, does a spin around and all that. Camera kind of pans over to the left. Did you see what Bubba Ray Dudley did? Was this when he had his face basically in Tori's crotch? Yeah. And after that, yeah. Right. 
Uh, he turned around to the crowd after Tori got the headbutt and he did the V symbol and oh. uh, you can just see it. Yeah, the pretty- camera is clearly like, oh, this is just this is just for the fans in attendance, not yeah. on the hard camera. But like just before they, we get the headbutt, which lasts for far too long. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a bit he Bobo puts his head down and he starts putting his tongue in and out of her mouth. Yep. Very, very close to, for a better word, her Chloe. Yep. And uh, it just made me feel, re- uh, again, like it's the previous so match, kind of ruined it for me. Kind of. This is, this, is, this is the face right here. And this is great because it's like, as I said, they've built the Dudley's up. They've done all this great stuff. And it's like, you don't need, this is just counterintuitive. Yeah. And like, you can tell like the fact that the camera's not facing him when he turns and he does this this thing. I mean, he joins a small group of, peop- of people, uh, the other person that this is Mickey James of making vagina licking taunts oh, God, uh, yeah. in wrestling matches. It's not really, it's not a place to do it, mate. It's not a good club to be a member of, really, is no. it? Though? Well, it's fucking WWF. Even for ECW, that would have been a bit like, yeah. you know? I mean, you can't be getting away with that on pay-per-view. But he does it anyway. DX banged the Dudley's heads on the dumpsters over and over again. And then we get dumpster can, which is pretty cool. Mm. The lids get shut. Dudley boys are seemingly out, but the referee is distracted. And they uh, escape through little side panels. Yeah. And they small. crawl under the... Uh, they crawl underneath the ring and then the ref just like goes over and looks in like, but they're not in here. <laughs> Brilliant. And they come up from the other side and the Dudleys have chairs and they kill those poor yeah. guys. And the pop is absolutely amazing. It's great to see that the crowd was willing to get back on board with this after the Paris and Briscoe business. Yeah. Hadn't killed them completely at least. Yeah, I think it's possible. Like You can't kill a crowd more than that. So it's possible. You can bring a crowd back. Even from the very brink, yeah, you can always save a crowd. Because if I was in the crowd during Patterson Briscoe, I probably would have left. Yeah. <laughs> Just like got in my car and went home. Double tables! Oh my god. Bubba Ray just starts putting up tables everywhere. He throws the steps in the ring while there are three people lying down Road, in the yeah. ring. Road Dog has to move so quickly. Dangerous. Scary. Fucking Dudley boys, like obviously they're confident in their position. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll just throw some stairs around and maybe kill someone. Powerbomb off the stairs through two tables on the outside to Road Dog get to the moon. Road Dog takes it like a fucking champ. Yep. All right, general poll amongst the AE podcast uh, here. Uh, did you ever thought that Road Dog would have taken a bump like that? Never, no. actually. Now you mention it, no. Seems the like last person, one of DX and you know one of Triple H's buddies and all that, you think you wouldn't end up doing stuff like that? You going, think you'd always be like Road Dog? Would you'd be like Xbox would end up taking Xbox that? Would yeah, even Xbox though Xbox got the shitty neck. Yeah, but, but no, Road Dog takes it like a champ. Road Dog doesn't leave his feet. He sells it as well. But he's no choice. I can't up after that. Fucking hell. Xbox rallies, tries to kind of <laughs> win it on his own, but he gets superplexed through the table, which is another big crazy spot. Xbox is eliminated. Bubba eyes up the, quote, terminally evil Jezebel Tory. We get it. She's a baddie. <laughs> terminally, terminally evil. <laughs> she's just evil. Sounds like a shit horror movie from the 80s. <laughs> it's like she tries to, like, you know, turn face or get a t-shirt or something. And they look at her files and hang on. She's terminally evil, mate. Like, it's <laughs> madam. Sorry, she's going to come here, like, you know, there's something not in line with your paperwork. She hides and cowers in the dumpster. And they go in to grind grabber, but uh, DX hit them both with chairs and dump them in. DX win! Oh my god! They win by locking those two rabid, scary men in a dumpster with Tori. Yep. And Xbox walks away. He's like, "We did it! Make some noise!" 
oh shit, where Tori at? <laughs> and then he looks back and the Dudleys come out. Yeah, they've got Tori. Yeah. Then with her. And it was nice bait and switch. They 3D Xbox, they 3D Road Dog. And uh, yeah, Bubba licks Tori. Uh, shades of Terminator 2 there. <laughs> ah, here. I mean, he's already fucking done gross stuff. He's, he's yeah. just, it's a curled tongue. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just, turns into Gene Simmons for a second. And Jerry goes, ah, he's like a lizard, JR. Don't liken the baby face to a reptile. <laughs> They're the heels of the animal kingdom. They haven't got a proper forebrain and they've got cold blood. <laughs> you can't be a fiery young baby face if you can't warm your own blood. <laughs> Tori gets tabled and Bubba Ray goes, I got you, you bitch. What a face. Brutal. It was brutal. It was insane. The crowd loved it. It was Attitude Era. It's like, yeah. again, I think we, we points we made about this, we made before. But at least in this one, as we said, Tori was not, like, her greatest sin was not not being put through a table. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tori gets her comeuppance in this one in a big way. You can kind of tell that the McMahon-Helmsley faction is uh, is on the outs. Backstage, Mickey C is with Curtie A. I have to win so I can beat Triple H for the title. Yeah, good uh, motivation. Little uh, little thing here is he's kind of starting to interact with Triple H and Stephanie, and he's doing that. Everyone knows a guy like Kurt who's acting like a friend with someone's girlfriend, but he's yeah. clear, he's innocent as can be, but he's clearly got eyes. He's like, creeping. Yeah, Triple H is kind of you've seen part of it now. It'll develop over the summer. Triple H is paranoid that Kurt Angle is getting fresh with his girl, and with good reason. I love the 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 more sort of character building with Kurt here, yeah. where he he apologizes for his French for saying the word "but." <laughs> Just so he's so white of him, white, and I fucking love it. Coach is with Rikishi Lorraine, and he goes, "All the weedies in the world ain't gonna stop this ass backing up." Right. I like that. All the I don't. weedies in the world, because he's like you know, sports guys are always on the weedies box, like you know, so. I like cereal as well. You want to stop Kurt Angle. Curiously, Cinnamon will do the job because the high salt content will probably mix in with Kurt Angle's painkillers. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> we have the King of the Ring finals coming up. And uh, in a moment befitting of like Mayhem in Manchester or something like that, they just play the first half of the intro package. Yeah, just the first half of the opening package. Uh, hang on a minute there. Lazy. You lazy, lazy bastard. Guys. Yeah, the, the last sentence before the finals of the King of the Ring to get me psyched up shouldn't be these eight men on the verge of superstardom. <laughs> these two men on the verge of superstardom. Rikishi is all jacked up in this one and he's taken on Kurt Angle in the finals, basically. I don't say it's a foregone conclusion because hmm. they kind of... Rikishi hasn't like won wars. He's kind of won fluky his last two times. So you feel like he's going to get his ass kicked. Surely. Yeah. Whereas Kurt has kind of won all of his matches with relative ease by comparison. Rikishi with an early advantage goes for a stink face but gets reversed by Kurt who then controls most of the match. You get a one-armed comeback though from Rikishi. Mm. Crowd's really not into this. No, no. I, I think they've just maybe seen a little bit too much of these guys already tonight and mm, three and times is a lot the thing is both of these guys really did their best in their quarterfinal matches like they, they put on awesome quarterfinals then and both of their semis weren't as good and mm. now the finals kind of like it's just dragging and slowing down it's odd it's just like is this like a curse of the king of the ring finals is like or was shamrock and rock the exception to this where it's just kind of like just slightly too slow maybe crowd is just kind of like waiting for the finish mm. and there's not much you can do once these guys are out for the third time to get them to want anything more than that I mean that's just like 
Seeing guy three times. It happens on Raw all the time now when yeah. a guy comes out three times. I'm not going to react for you as strong the third time I see you. And like you said as well, it is kind of a foregone conclusion. As great as Rikishi is and as strong as he looks, he's against Kurt Angle. Like out of the two yeah. here, who's if it really came down to Kurt and Benoit or Benoit and yeah, Jericho exactly. or someone, but I don't see. Considering that Rikishi has the IC belt, which is a nice consolation prize. Yeah. yeah. Rikishi hits the diamond cutter, but uh, Angle manages to get a top row belly to belly suplex. I- Incredible. I did not see that coming at all. Fucking amazing. Angle just... I don't know what it is. He doesn't... Like, Taz has got those tree trunk legs. And you can just see him pop the hips. And like, yeah, he could probably suplex the moon if he wants to. <laughs> Kurt just isn't and, very and, big. Yeah, he he's, he's fairly in proportion. There's, you don't see where that strength is actually coming from. From within, Billy. Yeah. It's, he believes. It's the power of abstinence. <laughs> <laughs> he's all oh, jacked up from not jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> he's got power. Sexual frustration power. Okay, match. Didn't really feel like a big deal. Kurt yeah. just won and left. But he he leaves crying. Yeah. Which made me laugh so hard. But, but he cries when he beats Steve Blackman on yeah. hate, mate. Like, you know? <laughs> I was going to kind of do the comparison to, you know, remember King of the Ring, Billy Good winning, and then Shamrock winning. Yeah. It wasn't even close to that, because Jim Ross is like, oh, he won. Yeah. He'll be crowned tomorrow night. It really is meaningless now. And it's funny, because it's like, King of the Ring 1979, they were acting like, oh no, it can be a big deal. And there was no one in it who was going to become a big deal, I don't think, or they wouldn't have the capacity to do that. Here, though, you know that Kurt is destined for big things. Yeah. But they're kind of like, eh, King of the Ring, yeah. Yeah, we knew he was gonna win. Yeah. Didn't you have a crane up or or or, or a nothing? But you didn't even get a post-match promo. No, didn't get anything. That's weird, isn't it? You do see him watching the main event later on, drinking some milk, and that's it. That's your prize. Yeah, well done, Kurt. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, not a great match to be honest. No. Kurt deserved to win a better tournament than that. Really. I think so. Um, but again, it's one of the things that King of the Ring, I suppose, you're usually remembered for winning it, not for the matches you have during it. Yeah, it's a great mm. idea on paper, but actually watching a King of and the Ring. And even when people go back and talk about, like, oh, but when Austin won King of the Ring, yeah, his matches were fucking boring in it, though, mate. Mm. Like, most most King of the Rings, that can, argument can be made. Anyway, backstage, before the main event, Joe Cool, Shane Cool, Triple Cool, and Stephanie McCool Coolsley are backstage <laughs> getting all jazzed up for the main event. Hey, he's cool. He is. He's not, not going to sweat tonight. <laughs> yeah, shots of all three number one contenders walking backstage. Yeah, awesome. No promo for this. No. There is a promo. It's the. Uh, was it the same one you guys on your uh, copies of it? You got the the second half of the opening package playthrough. Oh, then we didn't get that. So. Oh, really? The, the, the version I watched, you, you know, the first half of the uh, yeah. opening package beforehand. This one started off with the second half of the opening package, the bit that recaps That's Vincent. so weird. Yes, yeah, so they literally just copied over those two chunks from the beginning. That's so... All right, I think we can both agree, even at the worst of times... The pay-per-views, the only thing that's been a con- constant is like opening promo package, main event promo package. Yeah. Always get that. Always right? get those two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this has had some really cool stuff going into it and a lot more so than we were shown in the in the intro package. Well, so, yeah, like, I, I, I haven't got a fucking clue why Kane's here. What's, how did Kane get back into the main event? Like, you know, without you here to explain it to me, like, this, this doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, as I said, we ended up with multiple number one contenders. Linda was, kind of did this as the compromise and then yeah. like... Vince was like kind of goaded into doing it against Triple H's will, and then they put in the special championship provision, meaning that if anyone on Triple H's team got pinned, yeah, he would lose the belt, and whoever scores the pinfall tonight on the other side will win the title. Yeah. This is too confusing for a main event. I shouldn't have to say that much just to get you to the rules. 
This is a fucking rebellion or insurrection main event right here. This is not a real pay-per-view main no. event. It's a simple story going in. It's still very much Triple H is the champion, wants to keep the belt. Vince and Shane want to keep the power and keep the belt on him. And all three guys, for their own reasons, you know, Kane and Undertaker are both back. House yeah. on fire, got to win the belt. Rock lost it in screwy circumstances. You know, did the Undertaker intentionally cost him that DQ loss at Judgment Day? Yeah. You know, there was it was a lot of tension there. But yeah, it doesn't really get played up in, in those no. that promo yeah. video. It just sucks. The one shitty thing though, maybe that was kind of reason we didn't get much of a promo package was that you had to then have many segments with Linda McMahon with the three of them trying to psych him up. Oh. Linda McMahon go like Linda McMahon standing beside Kane, the Undertaker, and Rock going, "If you wish to defeat my husband, you must be unite said." Oh. <laughs> Together you must work, not as separate. Yeah, no. Yoda over here. Oh God, I love you, Linda, but bless you're not a performer. She is not. <laughs> Second year in a row, the McMahons are headlining King of the Ring. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, will they continue their winning ways? It kind of almost shows this who's in this match that the the, uh, the main event scene hasn't changed all that much. No. Other than Austin, months. Austin's not around. McFoley's not around. You've really kind of got the familiar faces here that have been around for the past couple of years still in the main event picture. I think this is the case of it's like when Undertaker, sorry, when Austin was going away, the guys who you assumed were going to kind of move up the cards did yeah. and stayed there. Because, you know, a lot of times it happens where people get injured and you assume someone's going to be elevated or someone's yeah. going to step in and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Or you get a hernia like Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what's happened here. But... Kane's return was awesome. Undertaker's return was awesome. And, you know, it's really hot going into this. Kurt Angle is backstage and started this, drinking his milk. What a dork he is. <laughs> Joe Cool wants to start things off. Seriously. Jerry and Jim call him Joe Cool. Like, how many times? Don't know. Good 60. Enough times that it's like, I can't stop saying Joe Cool now. Myself. I don't want to hear the words Joe Cool ever again. <laughs> this is great, though, because you got Kane and The Undertaker who've returned, have a lot of mystique, and who's going to make them look like monsters? Shane and Vince, of course. Yeah. yeah. Starting things off, Shane and Kane. Like, Shane trying to do his little, like, Muhammad Ali, and, like, Kane just grabs his fist and twists it. It's, it's like, it makes Kane look like Frankenstein or something. Does. Shane demands a free shot. Kane obliges, but he is immune to hands. <laughs> Shane mocks Kane and Undertaker. Uh, it's like, he goes over, tries to, like, get in their face and all that. This is brilliant. Rock cleans house when he gets in. He's so fucking over. Oh, God. And uh, he manages to get the McMahons out. We get that brief moment where it's the Rock and Triple H facing off. And uh, Rock's electric. Oh, so into it. Rock's new thing, just bring it. Yeah. yeah. Hand goes out, that. turns over, just bring it. Hand goes in three times. That on the playground. That's did, iconic, that is. I was in a class once where a te someone did tell a teacher to just bring it. <laughs> and they Ooh. did, in the form of lines. <laughs> Sorry, if, if I was a teacher and a kid told me to just bring it, I would have made them write out, no, you're old, and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> or I am a Rudy Poo candy ass a thousand times. Really cool. Sold a lot of t-shirts. Hmm. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Taker beats Shane up. Shane is like... He's in this match the most out of everyone. Yeah, he gets a fucking licking. And Jim Ross is putting him over. He's like, Shane's only a part-time wrestler. This kid has got guts. And I like that. He's the chicken shit, but he is... He's, he's still in doing there. it, yeah. And Shane, the giant killer. And the crowd chanting Shane's a pussy every time he tries to get in a shot is brilliant. Oh. And then, of course, you know, it seems like they have it well in hand. Team Good Guy. Team Linda. Team United. <laughs> they, they've got it in, in good hand, but of course... 
The Undertaker is about to pin Shane. Rock breaks it up. Yeah, then yeah. Undertaker is about to pin Shane, and Kane breaks it Who's up. Whose side is he on? Whose side are they on? <laughs> Two years know. later, <laughs> I don't know whether Kane is coming or going. Triple H gets the pedigree on the Rock, but the Undertaker again breaks it up. Rock will not tag. He's taking a pedigree, and Undertaker's like, "Let me in." And he's like, "Nope." Yeah. And I like that. That's kind of really shows the tension. He then. wants like, to be champion. And Jim Ross is like, "That may be the last opportunity he gets to tag out of this match." Vince McMahon gets a choke in the corner. It's mm. not a choke. He rubs his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> say, You're doing good, buddy. You're doing good. It's ah. like, and Rock just goes, going, ah, ah. God damn it, your back is all knotted up, you son of a bitch. Vince has acid hands. God damn it, you're not my masseuse. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vince McMahon, Shane, juking and jiving, doing the which way did he go punches. Yeah. Saw a lot of that on the playground as well. There's a lot. This is just like peak. This is a for, childhood pay per view. Definitely, right here. very much. Joe Cool gets the tag. Yeah. Works over the rock and then taunts Undertaker and Kane. He's like pointing at them. Like, you shut up, a bitch. What's he doing? He's they Joe broke Cool. broke your leg two years ago, man. It's Joe, he wasn't Joe Cool then, mate. Though, oh, I suppose it? he's got cool powers, man. Yeah, Joe Cool. He's cool. It's just to think. This is a man who one year ago was unveiled as the higher power. <laughs> In a velour robe and possible mystical powers, and now he's been called Joe Cool, a baker's dozen times, if not more, in this pay per view. What an odd yeah. voyage he's been on. Kane then all of a sudden turns on Undertaker outside. He starts beating him up, and then he chokes Sam the Rock, and they're like, "My God, the master plan, the master plan, the master plan." <laughs> Whose side is he on? And I like Triple H comes and comes in like, ah. Nice to see you come around to our way of thinking, big guy. <laughs> Gives him the thumbs up, pats him on the shoulder, gets a tombstone, tombstone pile driver. Yeah. Like, pin attempt. Neither of these men are the legal men. No. Nope. Oh, Billy, I can just see your blood boiling. <laughs> I'd love that. Like, it is. They can... And what's funny is if this was like, you know, Crash Holly or the Mean Street Posse or something like that, you know the referee would be like, you're not the legal man, get yeah, out of here. And they, would, of they would have made them look like jabronis. Yeah. Yeah. And backstage would be like, you should have known. But here, yeah, they just let them do it. I'm yeah. fairly confident the finish as well, the two men involved in the finish are not They're the legal man. You wouldn't mind, like, the match was like, after entrances, was around 10 minutes long. It was a very short main event. Yeah. And it's not as if they did anything so complicated that it was like, oh, well, any, we've lost track of who it Just is. Just playing Lucha rules. It's not King of Trios is what I'm saying You've here. got to remember two people are legal. Like, yeah, there's like six people in the match, but only two are legal. It's not hard, time. It's not hard. No, they can, can do it. Yeah, surely. In this match, we get our grunt of the night. I, I was actually a little bit scared because I hadn't got one until the main event. But I knew Undertaker's in this. You can always rely on No robot noises in this match, unfortunately. But at one point, he does grab Triple H, throw him into the corner, goes up to him and he just goes, Punching him over and over. Yeah, Undertaker throwing soup bones there, Cole. Oh my god. Okay, Undertaker comes in. Hits a chair shot to Kane. Fucking leathers him. He's his brother. And then the spot of the night. This is an amazing move. Top rope choke Sam from the turnbuckle oh. to the outside. Who takes the bump? Shane McMahon once again. Spectacular, 
absolutely mind blowing. So good. That was like one of the most impressive spots I've ever seen. It's just the the, the huge arc that he makes when he takes him he from just the turn. Flips him over. So fucking cool. It's just like something you you do with toys. You didn't think that a human being could actually do that. I wish they had the slow mo cameras they have nowadays. Yeah, because that was so awesome. Man, Shane McMahon. And that's funny to think on the pay per view now. Shane McMahon, you know, last pay per view he was taking the big lumps. Mm. pay-per-view after this he's gonna be you know Shane McMahon is kind of one of the guys you're gonna rely on he's like filling Mick Foley role almost almost yeah. yeah seriously you know come the summer it's like well what's Shane McMahon gonna jump he's like New Jack yeah. what's Shane McMahon gonna fall off this week and yeah. that is what his role becomes which is awesome because I love Shane he's great as a character and see him doing stuff like this fucking brilliant Jim Ross as well just selling it for the love of God Shane McMahon was broken into a million itty bitty pieces. <laughs> and as all this is going on, the inside of the ring, Vince McMahon, Joe Cool, goes for the corporate elbow on the rock. Yeah. And oh God, he's like watching Vince McMahon run. He's like watching a fucking shopping cart full of cold cuts get knocked over and fall down. <laughs> fall down an escalator that's going up so it's all rolled into each other. Oh God. Rock catches him with the rock bottom. One, two, three. Rock wins the belt. Triple H is just pissed. And the McMahon-Helmsley faction is essentially done. That's it now. Yeah. That's it. Wow. They had a long run, to be fair. They had a very they long did. run. Yeah. You take into account Triple H, is, it's been going six since months. Armageddon since Armageddon. Armageddon yeah. Six, seven months. Nice to see it kind of end in kind of a high note like that. The Rock kind of... The Rock and Triple H, you can feel that they can revisit it. Because it was as if this ended with Triple H being resoundingly defeated by The Rock. Mm. There's still unanswered questions there. They can come back to it. But Triple H, uh, Triple H, you know, he's protected or whatever. But Vince is done. Because, yeah. you know, Vince and The Rock, that was the real thing since WrestleMania. That's the blow-off now. And now that's blown off. Yeah. And Vince McMahon, the next night on Raw, he had figured it all out. The reason his charming, darling, beautiful wife, Linda, was interfering in his business affairs, all that, he figured it out. He has to take a leave of absence now, Billy, because he's figured out what Linda truly wants. I'm your genetic jackass. Jesus. And the camera so. zooms out and he's got a massive hard on. Ah. No chance. That's what you got. Like. And uh, yeah, he gets rock bottom by the rock and goes <laughs> off to make babies. Yeah. What happens the next Surreal. night on Raw as well, though? This is a big one. Really big one. Obviously, Vince McMahon is gone. There's no active chairman on the roster. So it means that the commissioner now has most of the matchmaking decisions. But Shawn Michaels has been promoted. He's now WWF... <laughs> Spokesperson. <laughs> meaningless. <laughs> Completely meaningless. meaningless. It means he gets to show up even less. <laughs> and his spokesperson, his one and only role was actually announcing his replacement for the WWE Commissioner. Oh, it's, it's Mick Foley! Oh, yes! Yeah. Yes, 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 yes! Oh my god, Mick Foley is Commissioner. The next side of Rod, Kurt is meant to be ordained, like, you know, as king, but Foley comes out instead with his new haircut. Yeah. Steals the spotlight, and he's like, Triple H is like, Vince is gone, Shane is injured because of what happened there. Stephanie's like, you know, I don't know what's happening, you mm. know, the commissioner's in charge, and Foley is like, you know, <laughs> Foley goes, I am out here now, I've got the power, I get to make the matches, I get to decide who does what, and when, and make sure that no one, uh, has to suffer uh, another 20 minute uh, Triple H promo ever again. Oh, <laughs> just summer 2000. Mm -hmm. We've got all that great wrestling that we've already been getting. All the great feuds, all the great workers in there. But you've got to punctuate it now with fucking Mick Foley having backstage segments with Edge and Christian or Al Snow or Triple H. And it's just 
Foley thinks it's one of his best roles ever. Next episode, we're going to have a proper chat about Foley as commissioner. It's so good. Fucking love it. But what do you think of the main event? Well, I'm kind of... Part of me's thinking that, you know, Triple H and Rock, they've had one apiece now. You know, mm. they had Backlash and Judgment Day. They've each won one match. They could have got another match out of the rivalry, yeah. I think. They didn't need to do this big six-man. They could have had one more Rock and Triple H. But like you just said just now, I mean, there's nothing wrong with leaving that door open. They can come back to that again. These guys are still young, you know, and they will come back to it it's again. Sure, you think again. that's how like, smart they are in the Attitude Era. Yeah. They kind of go, yeah, we can do this, Yeah, we won't. You don't have mm. to do it. Just because yeah. it, it seems to make sense doesn't mean you have to do it necessarily. And the landscape changes a lot by the next pay-per-view because... You know, you can't get rid of the big evil heel faction and then next month have that guy challenge for the belt again. Yeah. There's going to be a realignment now and you're never going to guess who's like the number one contender for the next uh, pay-per-view. But what did you think of this match, Billy, the main event? It was, it was all right. Yeah. It, was nothing, it was nothing to write home about. I was instantly disappointed because uh, The Rock and Kane didn't come out in little sidecars, <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, which is what I really, really wanted. <laughs> like a sidecar on each side and we all came out, you know. I would have enjoyed that. The match was alright. It was just nothing to write home about, you know. It was a couple, a couple of good spots. Yeah. Uh, no one was bad mm. by any mm. stretch of the imagination. It was just, I know that with the people they've got on the roster at the moment and what we've seen in the prior couple of months, they can do better. It's funny. I think that's actually that's a good point because I think and actually that sums up my feelings as the pay per view as a whole, which is that yeah, it was good. There's nothing particularly wrong with it. There yeah. was a few great moments. I'm struggling to think of standout matches, which is like, oh, fuck, you've got to see this no matter what. It's uh, it's the first time where I think the King of the Ring concept actually really hindered the pay-per-view. Yeah. And also, I think it might be uh, an instance of the first time we've actually been spoiled by 2000 so far. Yeah. So you say, this isn't a bad pay-per-view. Nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but we've had such good pay-per-views recently that this couldn't live up to it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange, but like again... King of the Ring 2000 is still a very good show. Yeah. It's just that I think you've got a lot of tournament to get through. And a lot of it is cold. There's no real feuds going into a lot of it. So on that note, match of the night, MVP Adam. Uh, match of the night is going to be Angle and Jericho. Mm. Easily for me. That was fucking awesome. And again, disappointed that they kind of wasted that on a quarterfinal. Yeah. A match of that quality and you know that intensity should come towards the end when you really want someone to win the, the King mm. of the Ring. Uh, so undoubtedly that and MVP as well Kurt Angle just because yeah. it's great to see him um, we mentioned before in the past like you know how he'd lost both of his titles then he jobbed out to Big Show at Backlash yeah. he, he'd been taken down a couple of pegs after he had that amazing character match. building mate exactly yeah. Yeah, well he did he had, Literally, that, yeah. he had a rocket strapped to him and then you know they took him down a peg at all too a little bit and now you can sort of tell that, okay he's back on the way up again now he's slowly heading towards the main event scene. Though. One good thing that the King of the Ring was was that it was their official way of saying we are strapping a rocket to you like, yeah. if it's appropriate. It wasn't last year with Billy Gunn. But here it's kind of like yeah you can tell they do stuff with Kurt and this makes sense for him to do it. Yeah. So yeah Billy match of the night MVP. I think match of the night I think I'd give it to the four man tag. Yeah. But only after TNA left. <laughs> so all the bits prior to that with, with them still involved was, was okay. They, mm. they were testing Albert, were all right. Got really hot though when but, it was down but to once they were gone, and too and, you know, cool. And that, yeah. I, I think that was my favourite match tonight. Uh, really, really impressive. Everyone, uh, including uh, Grandmaster Sexay. Yeah. And uh, Scotty, as, as the last couple of uh, pay views have shown us, he's, he's a great worker. MVP? Um, this was a tough one. I think I'm going to have to give a special mention to Kurt. Because Kurt was fucking amazing. Yeah. And uh, favorite But for the person who surprised me the most, 
I, my MVP is going to be Val Venus. Wow! Whoa. Awesome! Um, because he really, really surprised me, and I really enjoyed his matches. Remember time. where we were at Armageddon with Val Venus, and he was like a triple threat for the European belt with Bulldog, yeah. and he was so tired. It's like, oh, here he comes out. Hello, ladies. And yeah. he just didn't. It stopped you from taking him seriously. But yeah, as I said, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing. He's got some big matches coming up over the summer. I'm looking forward to seeing those because I think that it might be a case of another Jeff Jarrett or Xbox yeah. for me in terms of guys I didn't like as a kid, but I'm looking forward Good. to seeing more. But that's a really interesting choice, MVP. Um, me, match of the night. Oh, it's kind of a hard one. I was maybe going to probably go with the uh, dumpster table thing because I think it was just like. Uh, and it was, it was a pretty fun match. The crowd really into it. It really kind of bounced back from a, a dull thing. Dudleys were like hot as hell, and it was cool to see him capitalize on that. I lose marks though, just for the the number of weird moments. It's like I kind of just as I'm kind of like okay, I'm like right. I've I've made my peace in my head with the fact that someone's going through a table, and then Bubba did those couple creepy things. Really did ruin it for me. But I didn't. In, didn't really kind of enjoy Matt's start to finish as much as anything else. Maybe Kurt, Kurt and Jericho definitely gets a special nod as well, but I think they've had better matches. Uh, MVP, Kurt Angle, definitely. Mm. Um, you know, he, well, he, should, he deserved to win a better tournament. Yeah. But I think yeah. he kind of, he carried himself well throughout, and it was awesome to see. He was the logical choice for King of the Ring. Definitely. Because you want the King of the Ring to be someone who's going to be a dickhead about it. Yep. And when you see Kurt Angle come out with giant cheese crown the night after, <laughs> and Jim Ross is like, it's a grown man in a crown. <laughs> oh, because the love of God. <laughs> I was brilliant. Like, Kurt Angle's like, did you know after I became King of the Ring that crown and scepter sales went up 40% in Pennsylvania? <laughs> there you go. That's going to do it. King of the Ring 2000 is in the book. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe and get all our new episodes directly, and help us out immeasurably by leaving a rating or review. Make sure you go over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Air Podcast. Give us a like, we post up content relating to the show. Fan art and other spoofs and goose, it's a great way to get in touch. Also, follow at AE Podcast on Twitter. Live tweeting raw, pay-per-views, and giving our thoughts on the product in general. Another great way to keep in touch, give us a follow and see what we do if you like youtube videos as well you've got to go over to youtube.com slash ae podcast you'll find some of our favorite clips from the show on there that we've put together some little videos for you all to check out also go and check out our bloody vine account i love vine i yeah. bloody love vine you should too check it out it's linked to our twitter stuff and things stuff and things we all love those stuff and things hey. watchamania.com <laughs> That's good. That is a jingle. That is a jingle. I can imagine Don Draper come up with that. Like. I think Matthew's actually going to approach you about that. Oh, bit. right. <laughs> and as always, make sure callingspots.com. A subscription's available now for the number two wrestling zine in the business. Considering all the other ones are going out of business, might as well get the ones that we are writing for. Calling spots. Two pounds an issue. Articles from us and others. Amazing content as always. Be sure to check that out. And if you got a few pounds rattling around in your pocket and want to give back and support the podcast, which is always free of charge, you can head on over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. Our wrestling commentary tracks are available to download now. Listen to us talk over some of your favorite wrestling movies. Three pounds or five dollars to download directly and play alongside it. If you also want to be a hardcore member of the Glad Gay community, be sure to head over to squaredcircle.biz and get yourself the AE Podcast official t-shirt. Available now for £16 or $20. 
including shipping to the UK or mainland USA. Huh. We've got some people wearing this now with wrestlers. Someone's wearing that with the big shot, Bob Cor uh, Bob Cor Holly. Bob Cor, Bob Cor Holly. <laughs> big Bo Bo Holly wearing that shirt. Someone wearing it with Rikishi. Yeah. Someone wearing it with Ron Simmons. Yeah. So uh, the the game is the ante is certainly being up for this. So if yeah. you have uh, make sure as always if you guys have a picture of you in your AE podcast T-shirt, be sure to tweet or send it to us on Facebook. We'll give you a shout out. Nice to see people wearing it and spreading the words. And as always, though, thank you for listening. And it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch you next time at the next pay-per-view. The first pay-per-view of the Commissioner Foley era. Holy fuck, I can't believe I get to say that. Yeah. This is weird. It's Dice Pay-Per-View. Dice Pay-Per-View is fully loaded 2000. We'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast. Right.